Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. It has been a while, but we're back and we've got a big old show to make up for our absence. In episode 96, I first reflect upon my time away and how it will affect my content moving forward. Dennis and I chat about TPF, the Twippies, media fluff, the new rumored Jaws pinball title, updates to Stern Pinball's production schedule, you love that, the upcoming cornerstone release by Stern Pinball, Keith Elwin's comments in a recent interview, making it rain golden nugs, my first impressions of Weird Al's Museum of Natural Hilarity, my continued impressions of the P3 system as a whole, feeling like I'm taking crazy pills, American pinball updates, Jersey Jack pinball updates, Chicago Gaming Company's lack of updates, the upcoming MGC show, and of course, pinball market trends. Now, if you find this episode a little bit too long, we've got a solution for you. It's called a pause button. <gasps> Let's go! Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for the Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Where am I? Who are you? I think this is the pinball show. I believe it's episode 96. Is that right, Dennis? Is it 96? I think it's 96. It's a 96 there, Pilgrim. It's been welcome back to It's been 96 years. <laughs> and welcome back to the saddle and the ranch. Oh, buckle up. We're going to giddy up this episode. We're your hosts, Zach Minnie and Dennis Creasel of the Twippy Finalist Pinball Podcast. Oh. Congratulations, Dennis. Well, congratulations to you. It was your successful editing. We did. That once again made people think, eh, there's nothing else to click on. <laughs> yeah, I'll give them my third place vote. Uh, it's been a while, and I'm pretty fired up. Well, you should be. I thought you were only going to be away four weeks, but it so. feels more like six. Sometimes things happen in pinball and in life that you just kind of want to let time pass by a bit before you comment on them. So mm. I think it's in our best interest that... Is it one of those time heals all wounds, Zach? Are your wounds healed? Eh, they're they're uh, scabbed over. Ah, it's, it's mostly scar tissue now. But I don't have a cone around my neck like my dog currently, so... Oh, your poor dog. Sounds like an allergy problem. At any moment, I could scratch it wide open, baby, pus and all. Mmm. Do they want to hear the real deal? I've been sitting back for, I looked, it was like six weeks. It wasn't even four weeks. Six weeks without being on the microphone here uh, with you beautiful people. Yeah, you were at you were at Texas Pinball Festival being super nice to everyone. I was. Kissing hands and shaking babies. <laughs> I'm not shaking babies. I'm certainly not kissing any hands. I had a little, a little cold from that show. Went to Louisville. Yeah, I, I did too. Uh-huh. Yeah, everybody had the. What did you call it? You called it something. Oh, uh, that's a yeah, that's a that's a Tony from Eclectic Gamers podcast expression. Con crud. Con crud. Yeah, that's what it yep. was. A uh, common thing out of conventions. I used to get that a lot from work conventions too. Mm. One of the good things about con crud is that it does bring out some uh, some bass vocals. I like that. Like my mm. Sam Elliott. 
Oh, I uh, I just use my equalizing settings. Oh. <laughs> I actually sound like this normally. That's my real voice. Alvin Jones, man, I've heard you everywhere. I've seen streams with you on there, Dennis. I've Ugh. I've heard podcast. You're you're everywhere. You're we the, call it oversaturation, Zach. It's not a good thing. You're a pinball celebrity. I think I just had time was what it was. A Nordman skit on the last Silver Bowl Chronicles. Oh, that was a weird one. You you saw the message from David Dennis about that because it's did. like to peek behind the curtain because no one cares. But here we are. We're we're back. So that's what's, what's going to happen. So so David sends this message. Yeah, Zach's in on it as well. And he goes, "Hey Dennis, I, I'd really like we're doing a Dennis Nordman episode, and we'd really like something about ramps from Nordman. Can you like do two or three minutes?" Yeah. And and Zach, and Zach actually answered first, and he's like, "Oh, you don't know what sort of ask that was." Well, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, like I'm like your handler, your producer, your yeah, manager, well, and I'm like, "Don't ask the Creasel for this. You come and, to me first, and we'll we'll and, negotiate that." <laughs> Well, and one of the things, and, and this is, again, in, in the podcasting circles, this is, I guess it's probably at this point relatively well-known. I don't like to record segments for people. You do not. So I just generally don't do it anymore because it's felt like that's that became a thing and then it became the thing and everyone was doing it. And I just, I really don't like doing it. So I just don't. I usually say, no, thank you. I'm, I'm just not interested. So. Mm. Plus, there was no script. David didn't give me a script or anything. He's just like, can you vamp about that's ramps right. for two to can three Can you be the something. genius and the entertainment god that you can are you, in pinball? Can you come up with something? If you need to hear the episode ahead of time, like, I don't think I need that much background. I love David <laughs> I, Dennis, I am familiar but... with Dennis Nordman's work. I think I've got, I've got a little bit here. You know, I'm aware of where he places his stuff in terms of the positioning on the play field. Well, because of you know. it. <laughs> We'll get to yeah, that. I'm just saying, we'll get to Zach. I'm just saying, well, not I, familiar with his work. Probably not to the degree you are. I've actually never owned a Nordman game. Really? No. Wow. We'll have to. I've not. I've never owned owned him. I've never owned John Norris. <gasps> I've never owned Pat Lawler. Oh. And I've owned a lot of games. I mean, not a lot compared to some of our listeners, but I've owned a lot. And I'm the non-competitive plebe. Okay. Nobody's perfect. So I'm back. Hopefully I'm better than ever. I've missed everybody here. You know what also I've missed? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, hopefully I'm not, not too strong this episode. Sometimes right before I leave for a break or when I come back from a break, I'm, I'm wily. Uh, I'm a little bit uh, edgy. So feisty, we said feisty. Yeah. Feisty mm-hmm. comes out of me. So hopefully I, I want to be real because I did sit back, Dennis, and I got to be honest with you. Uh, listen to a lot of podcasts. Watch a lot of pinball videos. I think having the pinball show back in its normal fashion is a good thing for pinball. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't see things like that in terms of good or bad. It merely is what is. Does that make sense? All right, Descartes. I just, I've been listening to podcasts. I got to say some of you out there are creating some great content. Here's where I I talk it up and then I uh, cut you down a couple, man, a lot of, a lot of fluff pieces out there. It's been, it's been weighing on me. A lot of fluff fluff is fluff is safe. Fluff is comfy for people. It's like a warm cloud but that it, hugs you. Yeah, but at times, man, it's a waste of everybody's bandwidth. I, I had a discussion, and this was months ago, uh, on I think it was on one of the discords, not not a TPN one. It was on a, another podcast groups. I don't think I think it was a video game podcast actually, but but it kind of came up because uh, there was some we had we not actually you and I, but my other podcast, Eclectic Gamers Podcast, we'd gotten some feedback because we were a little a little harsh on on some video game product oh, okay. in the views of one of the listeners. So they thought, why are you so, why were you so hard on this? Poor blizzard. And, 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 and it was a fair enough point. Cause we were not kind in terms of what we were talking about. 
And my thought was, I tried to think about it because, you know, I, I really don't like it when people just run things down for the sport of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sure, bothers sure. me. That's, that's that, it's that toxic negativity, but there's such a thing as toxic positivity too. Yes. And that's kind of where I, I, it's been. So one of the things like I try and do when I talk about pinball is that's why I often will emphasize what I like and don't like about games or about manufacturers, but it's not about then I try not to at least make it about the individuals, the designers, the coders, the owners, the operators. You know, I want it to be about the I'm critiquing the product. Mm-hmm. But if I'm too kind to it, if I'm too positive when it's when that positivity isn't really there, it not only is artificial and, and, and a deception. We've seen the side effects in pinball of toxic positivity Absolutely. in terms of all those failed startups that people kept their money in because people were saying, you got to believe, you got to believe mm-hmm. and, and belief. This is not Peter Pan. <laughs> you can't fly. Don't try jumping. Yeah. That's not pixie dust that she just sprinkled on you. Don't go outside in your nightgown in the snow. Are you crazy? Poor Nana. So anyway, uh, but you know, you do get, you do get blowback. I mean, look at look at poor Joel. We got poor Joel who, you know, had a just couple first impressions about his experience on Halloween. On Triple Drain got, Pinball Podcast. Yeah, on Triple Drain Pinball Podcast. And someone went into the TPN thread on Pinside and was really, really aggressive about it. So to the and by aggressive I mean actually went so far as to tell him to go back and censor it. <laughs> yeah, I laughed too when I saw it. Uh, because I'm like, oh oh, oh, my sweet listeners. Yeah, sometimes yeah. No, okay. No, I won't say that. It, it certainly does happen. And again, behind the scenes here, in my own, my own fucked up mind is I, str- I struggle in life in general, and and uh, it expands to pinball, Dennis and listener. That it feels like we reinforce, not to not to soapbox here, but it feels like we reinforce disingenuous interactions and communications within one another. And over the last month, it, it bugs me when I hear media content whether it's pinball or outside of pinball where i know because i've had private conversations with these people how they really feel about something and then they go report on it it's totally different that kind of stuff it just bugs me i'm known for being a shill and biased and all this stuff i want to say you know if that's the case then you guys aren't listening you guys aren't looking you aren't seeing what's really going on and it's been it was it was troublesome for the last month or so so i'm glad i'm back Hmm. and for better or worse I'm going to bring it. Well, well, welcome back. Do you think some of that's because of how small pinball is? Possibly. I, I Because I see less of it like in video games. And, okay. And which, because I podcast on that as well, it comes up in my mind. And, and the reason that I bring it up is in the case of video games, it's such a large, I mean, it's bigger than Hollywood. It's such a large uh, hobby at this stage that there's professional journalists who work in it. And, and they've had their issues, too. And there's been controversy, too. And there's been issues about pay to play and overly positive stuff, of course, as well. But in pinball, so many people know each other on a personal level. Like, it's practically impossible. I came into podcasting in this hobby with the express intent of deliberately not trying to make friends with anyone who worked at a manufacturer. I know this to be true. Yeah, you're right. And it wasn't like I didn't try and, and push them away, but it's like I knew people who got into this stuff, who got into podcasting or other content creation. And it seemed to me, and maybe I was wrong, but it seemed to me their goal was to rub shoulders with people in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I had no interest in that. I have no interest. I still have no interest. In I it. probably had an interest in that five years ago. Uh, now I just, 
I don't. Well, everyone has their own motivations. I'm not sure. saying that mine was more right or more wrong than anyone else's. I'm just saying that's that was part of it was because I knew I wanted to commentate. I felt the only way I could do it fairly is if you know everyone, if you're friends with everyone, it's hard to criticize your friends publicly. It really is. It so is. I've I've tried to not like go out of my way to befriend everyone who works at a manufacturer. But the hobby is so small, it is next to impossible to not make friends yeah. in the manufacturers because they're so ingrained in the hobby too. Sure. And like they love the hobby too. It's not just for them a job. And summer here, we're gonna go to the correspondents, our our friends, our buddies, our reporters there. Uh but basically it's this. I've had a lot of time to reflect in this uh, and it was healthy. It was good for me. And at the end of all of this, I I was coming on to episode 96 with, with two ideas. Either I can give what a lot of people want in this world and I can put on a smile and uh, I can, you know, it can be rainbows and puppy dogs and, and farts that don't stink. I could do that. Or I can just keep bringing it and I can keep being real. Whether or not people want to believe me or not, I'm only here to report the facts. Numbers don't lie, right? Hmm. I could do one or two. Man, I thought to myself, you know what? Why am I going to do it otherwise if I'm not being honest and I'm not being real with myself, with you, Dennis, as my co-host or any of the other co-hosts I have, and with the audience? So damn it, as we're rolling closer to episode 100, you thought last year was big. You thought last year uh, was real and entertaining. You ain't see nothing yet. I am full force. I'm 100% in, and I might ruffle some feathers, and I might piss you off at times, but I'm always telling you how I really think and how I really analyze the situation for better or for worse. And, you know, I think that's what you all deserve. With that being said, let's kick it over to the correspondence. We do have uh, late breaking news here this last week. Ken Rudberg, who was wonderfully covering Jersey Jack Pinball for the Pinball Show here, he he said, you know what, I've been doing it two and a half years. I think I'm good. I think, I think I've... He's hung up, he's hung yeah. up the reporter hat, the, the one that says press in it in the little brim. Yep. He had one of those. He retired it, and we we hoisted yeah. it up to the rafters of our eight foot studio ceiling here at the Pinball Show headquarters. And we want to wish Ken Rudberg the very best. He was proficient. He was great at what he did. He grew immensely over the last couple of years of doing this. And uh, I I think I speak for you, Dennis, when I say that we can't thank him enough. And he was just wonderful at what he did. And we cannot can't wait to see if he continues to do anything of this nature in the future or anything in the industry. Uh, but regardless, he'll always be a friend. Thank you for everything you have done and continue to do uh, for Pinball Ken Rudberg. Love you, buddy. It's time for TPN Industry News. Hello and welcome to the Pinball Show Stern News Update. I'm Craig Bobby. Well, good to be back after a two-week hiatus. Who knew that we could be so distracted from a possible World War III by one celebrity slapping another during an award show? Oh, what a wacky, wacky world we are living in. But forget all that nonsense for a moment. Sit back now and relax as we get you caught up on the world of Stern Pinball. Speaking of award shows, we of course had the annual Twippy Awards hosted at the Texas Pinball Festival by Jack Danger and the lovely Emoto Harney. And in case you didn't hear, Stern's Godzilla wins, well, pretty much everything? 
a quick rundown of all the awards Stern raked in, and it was an absolute raking as chosen by you, the pinball playing public. The Godzilla-based awards included Best Playfield Gameplay and Layout, Best Toys and Gimmicks, Best Animations and Display, Best Light Show, Best Theme, Best Theme Integration, Best Artwork, Lyman Sheets Award for Best Rules, Best Callouts, Best Music and Sound Effects, and last, but certainly not least, Game of the Year. Oh yeah, an Insider Connector 1 for Favorite Accessory. Seems like a lot of trouble to go through all this to hand out basically everything to one company, or is it? I mean, are we so jaded now in pinball that we're too fixated in waiting for the next shiny toy to come out that we simply can't appreciate pinball greatness when it comes at us straight down the middle? Could anything else have beaten Godzilla this year, or frankly any year in the last five, as this Elwyn design masterpiece still sits proudly at the pinnacle of the Pinside Top 100 and probably will for some time? That is, until the next Elwyn title comes along. Talk about getting slapped! How about Stern's Rush Scoopgate debacle that is still ongoing? Just look at what's going on in the Rush community right now. We have confused Rush buyers laying down strips of Mylar like Band-Aid on your kid's scraped knee as their friends stand by and shake their heads thinking, you paid how much for this thing? We have people refusing to play their Rush games until they have a fix. Now that does take some willpower. We have people searching their hearts out online, going to the mod community to look for answers and finding some success, but for an additional price. And still others that are simply damning their torpedoes to it all and playing their rush games anyway, only to absolutely destroy their scoop openings by using no protection. Oh no! Frankly, I haven't seen scoops this bad since the summer of 86 when I worked at the local Baskin and Robbins ice cream shop. Honestly, it's been an absolute mess and like I've said previously, I'm still extremely confused as to why this design has been such a nuisance to Stern versus even the recent Mandalorian and Godzilla, both of which had scoop openings with no issues. One scoop hole, two scoop holes. Apparently, never has it been so hard to protect two holes located so close together. Meanwhile, here comes a little startup company called Ninja Camp Mods on Pinside with nothing but a 3D printer and a dream to protect all the helpless forgotten scoops scattered across the galaxy. And you know what? Their flexible rubbery urethane protectors actually seem to be working. <laughs> so bravo to them as they rake in the dollars trying to clean up this stern created design mess. I can just see Steve Ritchie shaking his head and laughing surrounded by Jersey Jack Whitewoods going, see, Stern wouldn't give me an engineer either. John Borg is like, seriously guys, I gave you a decent design and you can't even protect a couple holes? Come on! And I can tell you Rush fans around the world are hanging their heads in shame and saying, we were so close, so close. But fear not, fear not, before the pitchforks get too sharp, and for those that think chaos has erupted in the Stern Castle, we have what I'm calling Scoop Mom. 4.0 coming soon from Stern. Courtesy of Stern's own Raymond Davidson, who was recently heard on the latest Slam Tilt podcast, shout out to Bruce Nightingale and Ron Hallett, love these guys, who commented during the show that yes, in fact, a new Scoop mod kit is now going out to Eager Rush owners, yet again, and that this new protector was also being installed on the latest batch of premiums and pros leaving the factory this month. Will this new mod actually protect our beloved Rush scoops, and can we put all this behind us like a bad Will Smith apology? Well, well, we will have to wait and see. And now over to Rumor Corner, we have news coming hot on the heels of the Texas Pinball Festival from a source that will only be referred to as the One-Eyed Pirate of TPF. 
that Jack Danger is all set to helm his own cornerstone game at Stern Pinball. Now, what the theme is for his first cornerstone and where this cornerstone will fit on the Stern production schedule, well, that remains to be seen, but I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see Jack bumped up in the rotation, coming off his critically acclaimed rookie effort with the home pin version of Jurassic Park. And courtesy of Jason Knapp, as I plagiarized the shit out of his recent article on NappArcade.org, love you Jason, Jason came across an interesting discussion on Pinside from a user who noticed that this past March 1st, Universal Studios updated its trademark for Jaws to include pinball machines. Say what? Now, as it turns out, Universal is filing trademark for Jaws under what they call, quote, 1B, which requires that they have an actual intent to use the trademark on the goods listed, it's a pretty strong indication there's a Jaws machine in the works, end quote. Much like Back to the Future, James Bond, Goonies, and Harry Potter, there's been rumors for years that Stern is going to make a Jaws pinball machine, to the point that Stern even trolled people by using Jaws as its internal code name for its Keith Elwin-designed Jurassic Park pinball machine. Could this latest copyright filing be an indication that Jaws may be coming from Stern Pinball soon? Once again, we shall have to wait and see. And one quick code update in the last couple weeks, Stern Pinball has posted new code for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles V1.5. 51 for the Pro, Premium, and Limited Edition models. Well, as you can see, always lots going on in the Stern world. Glad we caught up. Thanks so much for hanging in there. For the Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. Hey, this is Kaz with an update on American Pinball. I reached out to Stephen Bowden. Now, he was up at District 82 this past weekend for a few pinball tournaments. Now, there's no major news to report on but everyone can go back and watch the American Pinball Seminar from TPF. Now there is some post-TPF news and rumors. Christopher Franchi has been working on art for an upcoming game. That game should be out later this year. And also owners of the Legends of Valhalla Deluxe Edition can now get these side art blades for free. Just need to go online and register that with American Pinball so they can ship them out to you. And there are possibly six games being developed right now, both unlicensed and licensed themes. Now, we've got games coming from Dennis Nordman, a Barry Ausler design, and possibly a second title from Riot Pinball, such as the wide-body title Wrath of Olympus. Now, Josh Kugler mentioned on Pinside this past week that the American Pinball Factory is designed and set up to handle both standard and wide-body games. So, could one of the next titles be a wide-body? As Craig Bobby says, I guess we'll have to just wait and see. So I hope everybody has a great week and has fun playing pinball. For the Pinball Show, this is Brian Cosner. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Finally, the Rob has come to the Pinball Show podcast as the Multimorphic Correspondent. This is Robert Byers from Top Rope Pinball to give you the latest news regarding Multimorphic. Weird Al had a huge showing at TPF with nonstop lines and smiling people leaving the game. Dr. John and I were lucky enough to visit the Multimorphic Manufacturing location on Monday evening after TPF for a tour with Jerry. Walking in the door, the first thing you noticed was pallets and pallets of parts to gear up to produce not only Weird Al modules, but brand new cabinets which will include the upgraded Philipper mechs. 
As someone that saw the value of the platform base game early in Multimorphic's existence, but was hesitant to buy because of the feel of the gameplay in the past, yours truly has a LE on order. The new flipper mix along with the solid theme was enough for me to rip the band-aid off and purchase a complete system. As someone that has limited space for games, the idea of having three to five machines to play taking up only a single cabinet space is highly appealing. With more games to come, the idea of future titles only costing half of the market gaming prices of today is very exciting. Well, that's enough for me for my first recording. Since I live 15 minutes from the shop, I plan to gather information from all the employees at Multimorphic about their excitement, challenges, and favorite parts about Will Al Weird Al. Until next time, if you smell what the Rob is corresponding. Well, it was great, Zach, to hear from those correspondents. Absolutely. What did, I've been gone for six weeks. What did, what did I miss? We had uh, there uh, has been a lot. There's been a lot going down, and we're about to go over it all. And we're going to rehash it all again. Even though I did a, how did you describe my my last episode ninety five of the Pinball Show? It's decent but dry. I said so it was you, very. I think that's what you told me. I think it was very you, good, but it was a bit dry because your wit cannot come out on a solo show as as easy. I would argue. That's all. We got a lot of great feedback uh, about that show. Thought that you were going to give a hundred percent honesty. That was a hundred percent. Dennis, this was it was like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah. See, you're you're one of my great friends, and I told you I thought it was a I thought it was great. Yeah, but well, it drives, it's you so. know fair enough. I had someone else post on the pin side thread that they that I was totally wrong about my Halloween views, and I think you would probably agree with that person. Uh, you did a really really good analysis of Halloween, you and Tony. Um, there were some things that I thought were a bit silly uh, that you guys discussed, but that's for a different episode. Uh, yeah, we got way more. We, this ain't this ain't no Halloween episode. This ain't no Halloween episode. This I, is, I would say, Zach, that you should start at the beginning, the beginning for you. And that would be really Louisville Arcade mm, and Pinball Show. It was, it's been six weeks ago. Oh, that's nice that you that you tried to do Rose. I know. Yours is more like Daisy. <laughs> it was... All right, I'll leave that one to you. <laughs> Louisville Arcade and Pinball Show was a success. Damn near killed Nicole and I, but uh, I want to thank all of those who helped us set up the booth, all of those who helped break down. Got to hang out with Stern Pinball's Dwight Sullivan, uh, beat him in Turtles, put up a $45 million on that. It was it was nice. He was like, How did you beat him? He should know the rules. He was he was in awe. I'm going to say, our friend Dwight was like, uh, Zach, you... so." Okay, so you know how to play Which pinball. Which I like your Dwight Sullivan impression as William Shatner. That's, well, Dwight is Zach, very, how could you how ever could you know to get this many points in turtles? You leveled up on your turtle. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Dwight Sullivan. Uh, so you, he, but he said, you're, you're actually good at pinball. Well, I'm not bad. Well, I'm not bad. Stern Pinball's Mike Vinicor got to hang out with him as well as marketing manager Michael Grant. And we got to spend some time with JJP's Keith Johnson, Kiefer Man. Love mm. that guy. Uh, then we went to, what, TPF? That was a blast. Did you have fun at TPF? Yeah, you didn't have to work a booth. Didn't have to work a booth. Well, not really. Kind of. Yeah. I had to find games for the TPN booth. And 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 find you did. I heard the Cactus Canyon remake win over very well. I actually played that one in the booth at one point. Oh, yeah. Special thank you to Chicago Gaming Company for letting us, in the middle of the show, drag a Cactus Canyon over to the TPN booth to stream it. Yes. Thank you, CGC. That was a lot of fun. 
That's about how fast they're shipping these things. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Through a busy convention. See, I'm keeping it real, people. TPF was a blast, though, from what I can remember of it. No booth. I wasn't fully intoxicated, but I was having fun. I mean, George Fisher worked his butt off for oh. that booth. And, and Tommy. Tommy, yeah. Jedi McMuffin and Hottie, too. Hottie, yeah. Frisco Pinball and a lot of others to make that whole thing a success. So thank you, team, for uh, the TPN booth coverage. That was that was awesome. I think you guys said it on a Collected Gamers podcast, Dennis. The game of the show was Multimorphic's Weird Al Museum of Fantasy. I said it on Hilarity. both. I said it on both. Yeah. So but that yes, was fair. Tony did agree with me on EGP. Yeah. And probably rightfully so, because it's pretty dynamic in a lot of ways. Uh, didn't have much of any competition to make it not the game of the of the show, but uh, that was the new that was the new thing. Everybody wanted to play it. There was lines backed up. It's a it's a fair point about that. There weren't a lot of other new things outside of some 2.0 kits, and you know, getting a chance to experience the LV version of Alien. But just even with the two games they had, the line length that's really what I use as the measure. Is it was just it was in demand the whole time, sure. and people were getting back in line for it. So. I talked to a lot of people, hung out with a lot of people, a bunch of game creators in the industry. Always like getting them lubed up at the end of the night and getting them uh, drinking a little bit. Make it a little, uh, you know, they like to talk. I didn't late night party with you at all, Dennis. Well, we stayed up till one thirty oh, outside talking after we, the Twippies, I but I guess back. that doesn't count. No, I, take I guess that that back. Does, I guess it doesn't count. That was like, the, like the most Amanda Hamilton, a, a free play pinball podcast, had uh, sent Tony a message. Tony and I a message because they had evacuated our hotel, the Drury, because someone, some kid had pulled the fire alarm. Oh, that's She's right. Like, yeah. what's are you guys out? The fire <laughs> alarm's going off, and we're like. We're still outside talking. What are you? It's only, it's only like 11. We weren't. We were like, we're not back at the hotel. You actually drank a beer with me, too. Yeah. Remember I that uh, fancy actually, beer you drink? I don't, I don't remember what it was. It was way too bitter for me. But, you know, once I open it, I'm going to finish it. Man. Uh, once you were finishing it, that, Nordman came out. Oof. Yeah. That's something Matt Morrison gave me, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, I don't usually drink a lot. I did at TPF, a lot by my standards, which is like, two drinks every single day uh <laughs> except the last day when i had to drive back <laughs> yeah. but yeah it was i don't know it was a big can of something that was after saturday night after twippies yeah uh yep it was right we because we had talked out of the twippy outside of the twippies when the after party was going on for over an hour well you might not have been at all of that there but, was more people hanging we out, out uh, in the hallway there than there was the after well because you couldn't go you couldn't be in the after party room and talk it was too loud sure so. sure you had to be out of, out in the hall. I didn't go to any sim. I went to a couple seminars. I went. To, I only went to the Twippies. I did not attend a single yeah. quote unquote seminar. I heard the Mirko one was a shit show. He attempted to showcase <laughs> his Toten 2.0, but I watched part of the Twitch stream after that happened. Mm-hmm. I watched part of the recording. It was too really. It was too hard for me to really hear a lot of the questions well. But yeah, I mean, he's trying to talk about Totan 2.0. People are bringing up the playfield thing. I did have someone comment on our pinside thread that they thought I was too. I was. Uh, and they didn't use the word soft, but they felt like I was giving Mirko a pass. So allow me to elaborate you a, a good little argument. bit. Go ahead. Well, let me uh, just to clarify, because I could see how someone might get that impression. What I'm trying to do is distinguish how I view your role as a consumer and where rage or correction needs to be directed is with whoever you have the contract with. That's all my emphasis was. I don't know if Marco is or isn't responsible for their playfield for the playfield issues of Jersey Jack Pimble. I would assume they are since they supply the playfield. Mm-hmm. But that being said, 
your complaint should be with JJP. They sold you the game. Or the dealer, you said. Or the, or the distro, and I yep. mentioned that too. Or the distro. Whoever, it's whoever, you go through whoever you bought the game from. So unless your complaint is with a, Mar- a Merco repo playfield you bought from Merco, you really should be complaining to the vendor. Mm-hmm. And they're to complain to Merco. That's my, that was my only point. So I get that, the, again, this is a small hobby. Everyone knows that Merco is supplying the playfield. So there's this desire to go to the source and, and show the rage. But that's not the proper protocol. He knew better than to show up and not have well, any discussion points and, about And I those, said though. that. Yeah. And I said that. The problem is Mirko in his own thread on Pinside about Totan 2.0 had people, because he was posting in that thread, he had people bringing up the play field. So you would have to be incredibly obtuse <laughs> to show up to TPF and not have some talking points to say, yeah, we're in discussions with JJP. Yeah, we need to. We're trying to understand if this is an issue involving like how they're torquing down the parts mm-hmm. or just something, just something. And he had nothing. And well, the part of the problem was I did hear, and one of his responses was he said, There is no problem. Mm. Ooh, no, 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 no. He should have just no, pled no, no. the Bobby Mueller. I plead the fifth. That's what he should have done. <laughs> I am now covered in pop because I just spit it out all over <laughs> with, your, <laughs> with your impression, <laughs> your Bobby impression. Sorry. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, gonna be sticky so so no he should have he should have handled it better but people who are if it's an issue with your jjp game it really needs to be funneled through jjp that's the process i don't when i have bad coil stops from stern i i blame stern i don't blame whoever built the coil stop mm-hmm. you see what and i mean you go to stern or you go to the dealer yeah yes so that was all i was trying to convey not that Mirko is doing a good job yeah yeah, I get that. And speaking of Mirko and, and Playfields, JJP had a seminar. I wanted to support Ken Cromwell, so I went to that. Nothing really new mm. there with uh, Jack Quinary and Steve Ritchie speaking. Nothing nothing new. Did I tell you what I proposed to Ken just before he went in there? Oh. I probably didn't. I don't no, think I told anyone. Say? All right. So I was talking to Ken about 15 minutes before that seminar was going to start. He's like, oh, Dennis, I, I got to go. I got to go into the seminar. Everyone... You know, everyone's going to want us to have a reveal and we don't have one. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, you know, we're going to talk about POTC the company. Run yeah, or yeah. 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 And he's like, and Ken told me he had a thought about just wheeling in a covered up game and just leaving it covered the whole time. <laughs> and, and, and I said, I like it. But what I would do is, and I pointed, there's a, there's a high speed right there. Cover it, wheel it in original high speed. Mm-hmm. When you're done, pull the cover off of it, and then everyone just leave the room. <laughs> so cruel. I thought it was fun, so but cruel. he didn't do it. That's so mean. Oh, and Ken, it was, I, I, I weaved you gold. Well, and uh, the one thing I did, I don't know if many people caught it, but the playfield issues were brought up, and Jack Winery did kind of, he did kind of suggest that it was a problem and it was an issue, finally. Now, I... It's not the customer's fault anymore. That was the last well, statement I vaguely he remember. He snuck hearing. that in there too. And I was like, <laughs> I was sitting there as a dealer. I'm like, Jack, don't, don't do it. Why? Don't. If you guys would just not take the glass off. Oh, don't <laughs> do be, it. Wouldn't be a problem. But poor Ken was probably on edge the whole time. Like, oh boy, <laughs> don't, don't say anything, Steve. Don't say anything, Jack. Oh no. He's probably thinking I should have brought that high speed in. Dennis That's is right. right. Yeah. A diversion. I didn't, I didn't play, (laughs) pull it and run away like a poof of smoke. Run! I didn't play elf. It looked cool. I didn't play that. I still love Billy Madison. 
that debris theme. I had lunch with you and loser kid friends and, uh, and Tony, and we had a lot of fun at lunch, had a late night. One, at, at one point, I got to the hotel at 4 a.m. Oh, wow. After having pizza at 3 in the morning with Ken Cromwell, Joe Fox, and Drew Boyver uh, from the, the Poor Man's Pinball podcast. That was a night. Ooh. That was See, you get, I only got, I didn't get any pizza. There was some pizza that the loser kids all ordered, but then some guy came and stole half of a Josh pie. was really upset about that too. He was. Well, I mean, those pizzas ain't cheap. So I, I uh, sympathized yeah, with the pizza theft. Pizza. So I did that. The Twippies went to the Twippy. You went to the Twippies as well. I did. Yep. I went, uh, we, uh, Greg Bone and I from straight down the middle presented. And yeah, that was, I think, surprised a lot of people. Yeah, I thought, they thought oh, fun. yeah, there's no way you guys are going to be allowed up on that stage. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's right. So we had to disguise ourselves as Mandalorian and Godzilla. There was a whole story behind the scenes getting that all together in the costume. Your, your Mando time. outfit was really cool. Thank you. But given, but given that <gasps> Godzilla was going to win everything, I would have rather have been the Godzilla so that I could have done a Godzilla roar. Oh, <laughs> I think Greg pulled it off pretty well. I did get him an alternative mask that really represented the Toho uh, theming. Yes. But he yes. said the, the, the skin tones didn't match well enough. Nope. So the color, you gotta be that you gotta be the proper green. Yeah. Yeah. I bought the cosplay outfit for Mandalorian. I just selfishly wanted to own the black series uh, Mandalorian helmet. So there's a good picture of Dr. John floating around <laughs> where he's in that. That, his orange suit with that Mando helmet doing the splits. Oh, I did see that. And for all of you who messaged me during, after the Twippies with congratulatory messages or comments or um, just, you know, wanting myself or Greg to be a part of that again, thank you guys for all of those messages and all those support. Um, I went back and watched, I, I experienced the Twippies. I want a little time to pass here before I discuss too much about this, but uh, uh, nobody else seems to be covering it. So might as well. The twi- I talked about it on the episode nine to five. You did. You did. You covered how I you tried. Really, how you really I tried to be it. fair, as I often are. Actually, I had people message. This is really weird. I had people messaging me about you and Greg and the Twippies. And I was like, <laughs> like what I don't I have to do. With you me? guys know I don't. I don't plan those. Yeah. Right? You do know I have no. I have no pool with anything like that. Um, but yeah. it was cause I enjoy, I enjoy experiencing the Twippies or I normally do, but that one yeah. was pretty rough. Yeah. So watch the Twippies and then went back and watched the, uh, oh, so a, you watched the, you watched the, the online version. Yeah. Like I, this is okay. one of the highlights. I, I've never gone and looked at it. It's one of the highlights for me of the entire year is the Twippies. Even if I'm removed from it, it's still uh, part of me. And well, it celebrates the industry. That's the that's idea. Right. Matt, so. Well, that's the goal. That's the goal anyway. So a lot of people are like, well, what did you think about it? What did you think about it? Uh, won't go into, won't deep dive this thing. Pun, pun intended from this week in pinball, I guess. Uh, so I won't do that. I will say, like I said, at the top of the show, I'm going to be real about things. This isn't a negative thing. This isn't trying to harm any people. Uh, this is just being honest with what the Twippies were. Overall, it was it was borderline appalling. Uh, it was a mess. It was embarrassing to sit in the audience at times. There were some good things that came out of it, and the celebration of the winners was awesome. I like the acceptance speeches, uh, the piece with the piece with Dr. Who, uh, coming out with a prop, uh, albeit, you know, a lot of people couldn't see or hear it, um, whether they were in person or on the VOD or stream, it was still, it, it worked really, really well. That was a really smart idea. I 
did love seeing Todd Tucky finally getting that trophy. Oh, um, yeah, standing ovation for yes, Todd. absolutely. So that was great to see. There was a lot of fun, good things. But other than that, it was a, it was a mess. It was a total mess. And there were some things, unfortunately, that I'm, I'm attached to so many different things. Dennis and listener, you know that I can't. I can, I will talk about certain things, but there are certain things that our listeners just are going to roll their eyes or not believe me on. And Twippies is one of them, right? Um, Multimorphic is one of them as well, because I don't sell Multimorphic. So how can I talk about them? That argument has no logic, of course, but that's just what the feelings tell everybody. So for whatever it's worth, who am I to say anything about the Twippies? But it was a mess. They know it was a mess. All around it was a mess. It wasn't just a, I keep hearing the tiptoeing uh, of other podcasters or other media saying oh, the, the sound was an issue. The why didn't they rehearse was an good. No, from top to down and uh, Jeff and I are good. We talk uh, now. So this isn't a Jeff thing per se. This is just a, it was a mess. It, it, it failed in almost every area and it, I think set back that brand and it set back the, the award shows in general moving forward. Oh, so you think it, it has an impact on, on any other shows that happen? Because obviously I've been working on the pinball industry awards the last couple of years. I think it has the, I, I, I don't like, I don't like you telling me that this hurt me. I think it has or, the, or my interests. It has the capacity to. Yeah. I think we seen a line of hundreds of people for this Twippies. And at the end of the ceremony, Dennis, the half of the people were gone. I, I think this goes back to TPF next year and you're not going to see that line. You're not going to, I think it killed some mm. of that. And that's what, okay. that's what hurts so bad. That really, really hurts. And it wasn't just the audio. It was the audio, but it was the video. Moto's video was all messed up and the editing was messed up on it. I love her to death as a person. I respect the hell out of her as a content creator and as a profession, because she does this for a profession. I don't think she had time to do it. It was, it was a mess. The hosting was a mess. There was no there was, there was no organization. There was no segues. There was no, uh, there was no rapport between the two hosts. It was, it was a mess all the way around. And that's all I've got to say about that. Well, that it mirrors a lot of what I already discussed. So I won't rehash it because people who heard the last episode uh, already know. Yeah. And if you're listening to this episode, you probably subscribed. So you probably heard the last one too. Yeah. And I know a lot of people didn't want to comment on it. You know, they, they knew it was coming. Well, again, that's it gets to where it's like when when you know all these people in the hobby, mm-hmm. it's hard to to criticize to criticize them. Yeah, especially I, as you noted when you when there are those that you respect quite yes, a bit. Yeah, like I I feel I don't want to say that about a moto you know performance and stuff like that, but it's the truth. I, I, I'm trying to build a relationship again with Jeff Patterson. I'm being real here, so this you know on surface level doesn't seem to to help but it's not for that it's for you know my dedication to what we helped create and what we continue to create in the PIAs and it just it didn't work significant changes need to happen and I can tell you this when I keep hearing well production company is going to fix it what happened the first couple years when it went over fine it's not a production company thing it's called dedication and preparation that's all Sure, a production company would be nice. You want to spend ten to twenty thousand dollars on that? Sure, absolutely. Why not? But let's not blame it on a microphone. <laughs> let's come on. So TPF is great. That was that was good. Stern Pinball was there in a big way. Did you see all those yep. Mandalorians and Godzilla? Or at least through through Marco, they were rushes. there. Yeah. 
That was a big. Yeah, I played one of the rushes with the new uh, airbag, the <laughs> airbag scoop protector. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh, it works. Yeah, <laughs> someone needs to make a mod to make those not ugly. Not but. the prettiest, but it works. <laughs> uh, yeah, Stern Pinball in the news this week. Right now, the big rumor listener is bump, bottom. But that was. I'm trying to do the music, Dennis. You hear it now? Yeah, I could. But. I could tell. But at first, I thought you were doing like a gosh, gosh, there, Mickey. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, uh, Jaws is the big rumored game that's coming out soon for Stern Pinball. Do you believe it? Uh, given the information I saw about the update on the trademark, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, now a strong possibility, Jaws Pinball. Pinside user Bandit78 posted proof on Pinside that Universal Studios recently updated their trademarks to their Jaws franchise and property to include, quote, pinball machines. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a pretty big sign. I mean, it could, in theory, be another company, but the rumors have often circulated around Stern. Mm. I'm going to give the listener a little tidbit that I don't, I don't think Craig Bobby said yet. Oh, they love bits of tid. I've I've heard for a while that not only did Stern have Jaws, but that it was it's been done for a while. I mean, it was kind oh, of wow. not shelved because they're just of, sitting on it. Yeah, they were. They've it's been completed. I don't know whether it's timing thing or finding the right way. So it makes me feel like, yeah, we, we may see Jaws. I think we're going to see a generic Jaws like we did the world of Jurassic Park by Keith Elwin. I don't think we're going to see, you know, film assets or anything because we yeah, know that yeah. property is difficult. Well, maybe film assets from the shark, from the, of the shark, but <laughs> I don't think we're going to get actors. Get the shark's people writing off on that. Yeah. yeah. Get his agent. What was the shark's name in that? Shark. Like, I don't know. What was his name? They, have they didn't name it. They, didn't name they never. It? I don't think they ever named. I don't think they. Well, maybe in three, where they had like the baby one. Maybe they named the baby shark. Oh, speaking of baby shark, Bessie. Maybe. Maybe it's Bessie. I thought I had a name. I think that's the name of a cow from Twister. So I think we're going to see a jaw. I don't know if it's going to be the next one. If it's going to be the August Cornerstone or not. What about Venom? Everyone's talking about Venom. Mm-hmm. Could be Venom. James Bond, people are still talking about. Yeah. Back I, to the Future, people still, like you, want it for some reason. Among thousands upon thousands of other people that would buy. But behind our TPN booth at TPF was Randy Martinez. Now, Randy Martinez has worked with Stern. He's a, he's a Lucasfilms kind of Star Wars approved artist, but he's worked on Mandalorian. He's worked on the comic edition of Star Wars. And he did have a print there that he was showing off proudly with a big smile on his face of Jaws. Uh, what, but Chris Franchi was there so too. Was did Franchi. he have a Jaws one? Yeah, but that's what Franchi does. I'm just saying there might have been Jaws art all over the place. But we know Franchi's not doing work with Stern, so I don't see that happening. But I can see, I mean. Eh. But remember, we don't know for sure that it was Stern until you're super secret. You know, I've heard it's been done for a while. Yeah. But what if, if that was Steve Ritchie's game at Jersey Jack? It's been, no, that was supposed to be James Bond. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I don't, who knows the truth? These are all just rumors and speculation, so I don't know. But Randy Martinez, I mean, he's. He's pretty much sci-fi Star Wars kind of guy. And all of a sudden we see uh, Charles. I don't know. Yeah, he's not allowed to branch out. It's Jedi and Sith only for him. Well, if, if that's his wheelhouse. Sitting there drawing a shark. Do you think Joel's is a good theme for pinball tennis? Uh, it, 
I don't know how to answer that. I, which is not what you, which is not what you wanted. You wanted an no, answer. No, I like it. I like it like that. Um, why? Why is it uh, difficult to answer? Uh, because it depends on what you want out of the game. I guess the idea of a shark-themed pinball is a good idea. Sure. Okay. I think there's a lot you can do. In fact, we know that Zen Studios has a has a virtual one that personally I didn't like. I didn't think it was very fun. That was kind of based on Jaws. Mm-hmm. But there's so many things like, especially with the notion that has been bantied about on uh, all sorts of pinball forums for years now, and that is you play as the shark and the bo- as the okay. ball. The ball's okay. the shark. You know, I see a lot of potential with that where you could have some fun. We've seen like what's one of the most popular toys in pinball. It's the classic Stern Pirates of the Caribbean ship that sinks. And mm-hmm. you could do something akin to that with with a theme like this. But in terms of tying it to the movie Jaws, if you don't have the assets, the movie, the first movie Jaws is about three characters. It's not about the shark. Yeah. And since I don't think you have, if you don't have those, I don't think we want the Stern Jurassic Park experience with knockoff, not even close to sound alike sound alikes, pretending to be these people. <sighs> I initially thought that, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to push back a little bit. I've kind of changed. Push my, back hard. I don't, I don't care. I've kind push of, me over. Yeah. I've Put kind of, me in a cone of shame. No one puts Denton in the corner. I've kind of. I've, yeah. Where's our dirty dancing pinball? I had the time of my life. <laughs> this is the multi-ball. Until you <laughs> let me hoist you above my body <laughs> and spin horrible. you around. <laughs> no. No. Uh, I, I'm going to push back a little bit and say. I don't think the Jaws movie is that great. It's fine. But Ooh. yeah, no. Right in. The pinball network at gmail.com. I it's fine. It's good. But I don't think it necessarily holds its own with that IP for a pinball machine. So I can actually see a more generic world of we're trying to capture this killer shark and here are the certain things we're gonna do to try to trap it. Here's the things that they're going to do to try to destroy you. I, you know, fire explosions, water, tar- harpoons. I, I can, I can actually see it. Docks. I can see a dock. If you don't have a shark coming out of the play field somehow, that's going to be like a Hot Wheels without a loop to loop. I, I don't know. It's the low hanging fruit there. I don't know. I think it can work about as well as Jurassic Park worked without any IP. Now, having said that, Dennis, of course, if you can get the classic that is the Jaws IP property like that, it's always going to do better. Always going to do better. We, we see Mandalorian like that. It's always going to do better. Uh, but because I'm not as attached to that intellectual property, I don't think it's as, it's kind of like Godzilla. Godzilla has convinced me because I didn't really care about the Godzilla theme. It's convinced me that if you have a good enough layout, good enough rules and toys, anything kind of is possible. I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't be a good game and I'm not saying it wouldn't sell well. I just, I just, why do it's almost i just i don't know why do jaws per se why do it if you can't get uh, it yeah well yeah uh can't do it right. i could see i could see the issue about well you want to license and, and not wanting to stick with a, a generic original theme that okay. won't work you have to have the attached so, jaws song and the name of the yeah, yeah yeah and the music will take it a long way there are a lot of different it'll come down to gameplay a, a lot uh, and that's where i think i mean that's the thing with jurassic park stern jurassic park mm-hmm. is it's got the gameplay, so people look past a lot of stuff. But I say look past because there has been plenty of criticism of a lot of the voice work in it, 
there are a lot of people that didn't like the animations. Isn't there someone who developed a really impressive uh, like video package drop in? Yeah, because yeah. that supposedly is way better than I've never seen it. But it is great. So, so that's my point. Is that and the thing with Jaws was why Jaws has always been weird to me is yeah it it pioneered the summer blockbuster, but Jaws is not an action movie. No, no. I actually I really like Jaws, but the things about what what are the standout things about about Jaws? It's it's not seeing a lot of the sh- it's not seeing the shark. It's the kid on the yellow raft, and you just see the blood. Yeah, it's horror. It's the girl it's holding drama. onto the buoy at the start. Mm-hmm. It's Quinn's haunting story about being in the water after the Indiana after the Indianapolis sunk. Mm-hmm. It's watching Richard Dreyfus get into the sh- in the shark cage and the cage getting smashed and the boat sinking in the in the gunshots. It's that beautiful to to the air zoom tank. shot of him with a cigarette in his mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah. But most of it is about. It's about dialogue. It's not like Quentin Tarantino about dialogue, but it's a very dialogue movie. And it's like, it's not like Deep Blue Sea, which is an action movie with sharks. Deep Blue Sea. What a, what a pull there. Get Samuel L. Jackson to actually voice it. LL Cool J. (laughs) That's right. With his bird. He's going to tell you how how to make the perfect (laughs) omelet. Was he the chef? Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was was the chef. movie. I think it depends on, and we're going to see this in the future, listener. It depends on that that intellectual property. But for example, using the rumors that we're hearing about uh, stern games like Venom, right? You don't need that film. That is a comic book. We already you can do a Deadpool treatment on that. Conversely, James Bond, that is an IP that requires, in my opinion, the use of those uh, of those uh, films or uh, audio dialogue, that kind of stuff. It just depends on the IP and. Joel's, while for me, would prefer the IP and the true IP, I think you can do it. You do it without. Yeah, I, I think they will do it without. So we're going to see. Okay. Because I don't think they're going to get those. I don't think they're going to get those actors uh, likenesses in. So they'll have to focus on the shark. And over the last six weeks, you guys have been void and desperate for production updates from Stern. And no one does better like the pinball show. So we're going we're gonna to go through some production updates for you guys. Some of you podcasters out there, I'm looking at you, Kaneda, really struggling to find this information. Uh, confusing people here. So here's, here's the skinny. This last week, this dropped and pissed a lot of people off, made a lot of people happy. Jurassic Park Pro and Premium, they were scheduled, listener, to be built at the end of this month. They were supposed to go online at the end of this month. People have been waiting pretty long for Jurassic Park to run. I don't, I don't believe it's run this year at all. It was supposed to be on the line at the end of the month. That has since been bumped back to a July build. It's actually taking the place of Deadpool. Deadpool Pro and Premium. Originally, it was August, then they bumped it up to July, intended it to be July. Now they're swapping that with the runs of Jurassic Park. I wonder if they just got such a backlog of Deadpools. They're like, we got got to do something. People are getting mad. I don't know. No, If that were the case, then they would run Godzilla Premium for the rest of the year. (laughs) <laughs> okay if that were the case well uh, and you know without without numeric specifics and if you don't want to say just say you don't want to say but do you have more pending orders for jurassic park or for deadpool as flipping out oh pinball? that's a good question uh i think it's probably about even right now okay May, probably a nudge to deadpool since it's been longer but jurassic park still still people are wanting and they've, they've produced a crap load of jurassic park i would argue that they produced Jurassic Park was a hit from day one where Deadpool took a little bit of time to warm up a little bit. So they've produced a lot of Jurassic Parks, I would say. So I think 
for the delay here, it's probably a parts issue uh, for the Jurassic oh, Park. Okay. Well, I mean that often uh, that often could be the case uh, for a lot of these shift ups. I've I've wondered because it almost seems like no rhyme. Or like when we constantly heard about the Elvira pushbacks. So I've yes, yes. And I've also heard that they don't like building Elvira. Yeah, it's not <laughs> more their, difficult than most of the games. Not their favorite, probably a higher bomb too. So when it comes to Jurassic Parks, we got those now uh, going back to July. Most of your dealers are going to not have open spots for that. So I've been telling people 2023 for a number of Stern titles. I'm telling people 2023 for Jurassic Park Pro Premium. I'm telling people that for Godzilla, uh, for Deadpool, for Elvira, for, I mean, you name it. Uh, and so the first part of May, we're going to start seeing Deadpool Pro and premium runs. Woohoo. That makes a lot of people happy, Dennis. Oh, yes. I know a lot of people have been talking about Deadpool. In fact, that's all I ever hear about other than people waiting for Godzilla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where's my Deadpool? Nap Arcade, just know that your Deadpool Pro is coming, buddy. Mandalorian Pro and premiums were online about a week, two weeks ago. They've been shipping out Mando Pro and Premiums. And remember, we haven't had a run of those for a little bit, so that was good to see some of those running in. Uh, Dealers are now having inventory of those. They've produced enough with, I mean, to be frank, uh, ordered a lot of Mandalorian Premiums because we had a lot of people pre-order them. Since then, we've had a crap load of people back out, uh, and then a lot of people jumping back in. But, yeah, so those are going to be one of those titles that are probably going to be in stock because we're going to see another run of those here soon. Avengers Premium was on the line this last week, everybody. So if you had your order in for Avengers Premium, they have begun shipping. We just got some of those. And then Avengers Pro are going to continue on the line this week if you're listening at the mid-April here. And they should ship this week as well. This month also, we should see Rush Pro and Premium running towards the end of the month. And that is good because if you guys remember... It was Rush Pro that they were supposed to run again for that second run of Rush Pros in February. They bumped that back. So uh, we're going to see those now. And the plan is for there to be another uh, another Godzilla Pro and Premium run in May. So another run in May alongside mm. a possible Mandalorian Pro run toward the end of, of May. Beginning of June, you're going to see Mandalorian Premiums and then more Rush Pro and Premiums in the month of June. And then, you guessed it, in July, back to Godzilla's again alongside those bumped Jurassic Park pins. Now, what I get a lot of, Dennis and listener, is, hey, I heard that uh, Godzilla was getting an extra run or two. Uh, does that mean when you originally told me into 2022, into 2023, does that mean now I'm, I'm bumped to May? No. <laughs> does that mean I'm being... <laughs> they wish that. Yeah, if I'm being moved up to July, sadly, no. And why is that the case? Because these runs are the same size, if not smaller, than what we're used to. So while there are a couple more runs, the backlog, I don't think people know the backlog. Well, well of how Godzilla could they Premium. know? You're you're like the only source of backlog details. Well, Zach. they should know because, well, that's true, but they should know because of everybody on the forums who have ordered and waiting on one of them. Right now, remember like a year ago when we're like, holy cow, Stern is 5,000 backordered machines. What are they going to do? Remember that? Yeah. Keep that story, but instead of machines, insert Godzilla Premium. That's what it feels like. I don't know the numbers at all, but the game's uh, really good. I, I it's so to, good. I, like I don't go. I don't go around telling people. Well, you should probably get something else. I'm like, uh, no. Uh, Godzilla Premium, so much fun. What this this feels shilly and sounds shilly. Take it for what it is. But what most people are doing is they're still ordering. 
I'm still getting more orders of Godzilla Premium as a dealer than any other game, even though I'm telling them well into 2023 is the projected date. So what they're doing is they're putting in an order for it. They're waiting because they know they're going to own one and want one. And they're buying another game in the meantime that they'll probably get rid of whenever Godzilla comes up. So that's why you're seeing a lot of Guns N' Roses sell. That's why you're seeing a lot of Mandalorians leave, Avengers, because people are like, eh, I'll play something else until uh, until that comes. But that's not stopping people. This delay is not stopping people. My recommendation for Stern Pinball, like I know anything, would be if there are enough parts to fulfill Godzilla Premium, I would like to see them continue to run and take spots of even popular games like Rush or like uh, Avengers or Star Wars or any of this stuff. Go ahead and just continue making those things because, well, but then again, the argument could be why people are definitely going to buy this game. So they'll wait. Well, uh, up to a set period of time, people will break eventually. You know what I think breaks the back of Godzilla the next Keith Elwin. Oh, the next Keith Elwin, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, that that's the most likely thing other unless they catch up, of course, would be what would what would probably sap interest in Godzilla would be another Keith Elwin that maybe plays even better. Ooh. Man. Hard to say. Hard to say. Yeah, what? well, I'm I'm not I'm not saying I expect in fact, yeah. I'll tell you I don't expect I, I, at this point, Zach, and this may this may sound shilly. So take it for what I'm not, I've not put mine up for sales. I'm not trying to sell mine, but to me, Godzilla is Stern's greatest game they have ever made. Wow. I'll go ahead and say it now. Holy crap. Yeah. I, and it's not at 1.0 and I'm saying that. I know. It's really that good. I feel the same. I don't know if I best but man i'm I'm saying the best no argument for me it's not star wars (laughs) i I just bring that up because we're going to see a small run of star wars pros and premiums as well as the home editions the original and comic editions in august and september respectively yeah i'm always used to the home edition stuff coming out before the holiday season to try and get some of those sales yeah we're non-typical pin buyers yeah so those are coming out we'll still see some stuff everybody's like are they still running star wars yeah they are pros and premiums the original are they going to run more of the jurassic park home pin yep that's in november okay so we're going to see the star wars all the star wars models running running in august and september however the majority of those months uh, August and September are going to be used for producing that next cornerstone title. Yeah, cornerstone number two. So, formerly known as cornerstone number three. That's right. So, pending any issues or parts delays, you're going to see that next cornerstone uh, take up most of the production schedule for August and September for Stern Pinball. Also, shipping this month is Godzilla Armor. Isn't that where you're supposed to insert your. People complain, you know, so I, I do it sometimes and sometimes I don't. You limit your roars? Okay. <laughs> I I base it off my mood. Godzilla Armor now shipping. We at Flipping Out got all of our stuff, so we shipped it all out. You guys should be receiving it if you haven't already. No updates on the topper reveals. I know I get this question every damn day. Where's the Godzilla topper? Where's the Mandalorian topper? Where's the Rush topper? Where's all these toppers? Are they redoing the Ghostbusters topper? If so, I want one. What? No, I don't know. Don't know. No clue. Production updates on Stern Insider Connected Kits. Whew. I thought about just stop selling these things. It's It's been the bane of my existence. It's taking up so much time to break people's hearts and be like, no, we're still waiting for some more. Yeah, we're still waiting for some more. They're coming. I was told, this is good news. I was told by a Stern rep 
that they plan on having the majority of all the back orders fulfilled by the end of this month for those insider kits. Oh, wow. So that's great. They are cranking if those they do things it. out. If they, yeah, if, if they can do that. Dennis, I have a question for you. Do we see, I know we've been told we get an August cornerstone. We've already had our, our uh, January cornerstone in Rush. Do we see two games shipping from Stern Pinball by year's end, including the August cornerstone? Do we see anything after that shipping? Not announced, but shipping before year's end. No. No. I have a funny feeling that it's going to be a yes. <sighs> well, I'm often wrong, so well, that's fine. I've right a lot, too, when it comes to this stuff, but I don't know. Something tells me that we're still going to see something November-ish and shipping now, I expect before the, the end of the year. last two years, I think it's been, their third cornerstone has always been a November announcement, hasn't it? Or excuse me, December December announcement, announcement January shipping. Right, and so that's why but I, that's why I don't I'm think going it's going to be a cornerstone. I think the I think oh. they're going to squeeze out maybe a kapow, a kapow, or something. or something. Yeah, I don't know why, and I have nothing, nothing huh. to base that on. Stern employees they're so might be far behind; right they should just squeeze out some more Godzillas. They should just continue making that damn thing. Keith Elwin's game is going to happen at some point in the future. We're going to see another game from him, and he's already that guy's got to have a big head. I don't want to make it any bigger. But he puts my kids through college, so thank you, Keith. Whenever I left, took my break for podcasting, Joel Engelberth, with just another pinball podcast, did a deep dive on Godzilla with Keith Elwin. And I think it was likely the best interview of, and it will be, of the entire year. It was great. It didn't get a lot of coverage, which was sad. So I want to cover some of the things here with the listeners, if you're okay with that, Dennis. Yeah, sure. I, I did listen to it. Uh, though I would describe it as approximately 80% Godzilla, 20% Deadpool. <laughs> I think that's, that's fair. I sent him uh, probably 20 or 30 gold nugget questions he could ask. I think he used like one or two of them. So yeah, yeah well, you know how Joel is. Yeah. He wants to be his own free spirit. <sighs> Don't ask us, Joel. George Gomez, do you know he was going to do Godzilla? Nobody's talking about that. Mm. Found that interesting. Yep. Yeah, he was going to do Godzilla and then kind of passed on it. So Elwin jumped at the chance of doing that theme, even though he knew it was going to be like two and a half years out from being able to do it. Jumped on it, spread all of his territory all over that. He wanted Godzilla. I found it interesting also, listener, that Keith Elwin said that he typically, when he's designing a game, he'll design a core layout before the toys, which is just crazy to me. Looking at Godzilla why? thinking... Why, why, do you, why does that surprise you? Because his games play so well. Because the central feature of Godzilla is a building that is a change state building and, a, and it comes down and it delivers balls and it redistributes balls on wire forms. How could, how could there be a design layout prior to that? That's hard to believe for me. Hmm. Well, you do exhibit two-dimensional thinking, Zach. <laughs> He went on to say that he'll make a layout and then just like have plugs or spaces just for the toys that he's like, yeah, I'll probably put something. Yeah, cool he could in have just stuck a bash toy where that building is. What the interview alarming to me, uh, what they were talking about was that so much of this stuff is developed like at the eleventh hour. It's just wild to think that looks like it was thought of and overthought of and over engineered and no, like a last thing. He said the only day one toy was that magna grab. And that's only because we know how great that is. That's only because he, he conceptualized that for Avengers Infinity Quest, but it created a design flaw. So he kind of had to scrap that for a future title, which ended up being uh, for Godzilla. And when I was talking about like 11th hour things, 
weeks before the production started on Godzilla Dennis, they didn't know that that wallop shot, that weird shot that I love uh, left of the building. They didn't even think that was possible as a shot. So they had to really quickly go back and slightly redesign the building to make it uh, doable. That just seems crazy, doesn't it? Am I taking crazy yeah, pills? It's interesting that it was so so quick before production was ready. Yeah. I'm assuming the adjustment was minor then. I mean, he did say slight redesign. Yeah, that's that's nuts. He still thinks that Avengers, even though like it went through, they only spent 10 weeks designing Avengers. He talked about... They used a lot of existing mechs and parks. It was, it was kind of like a rat rod. We got to throw something together here. He really downplayed like, eh, it's 10 weeks. You know, it is what it is. He still thinks, Keith Elwin thinks it's his best shooting game. I think it's his hardest layout. So maybe that's why he thinks that. Hmm. Hardest layout. Like, do you, do you, in terms of the ball time, I think my ball time on Avengers is shorter than any oh, of his okay. other games, but that's how I would loosely define a determining of a layout as easy or hard. Do you find another game harder? I think Jurassic Park is tougher for me okay. anyway. Uh, and Iron Maiden's not easy either. I'd say Godzilla is his friendliest shooter. I don't, I don't think any of them are over. Like, I think all of them are easier to shoot than say rush. Oh, they're, they're all very approachable. Yeah. And part of the thing though, with Avengers also is I also find it to be the most obtuse set of rules. Like it's the one mm -hmm. I really feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Well, and he talked about that on the podcast. Keith Elwin said he'd really never intended for those, the gyms. That's like a focus that everybody focuses on. How do oh, I get yeah, because that's how you can min. That's yeah. how you min max. That's yeah. how you min max. Where do I your place point. it? Who, whose character? When do I do it? In what order? He said he never really intended for those gyms to be the focus for the majority of players. He just thought you know that was for the upper echelon of players, and it gives them something to want to uh, to strategize on. But but we all want to be the best, so we try problem. and emulate them. Mm -hmm. That's the problem, and that's why you see Avengers out of the four Keith Elwin games. That's why you see that probably at the fourth position for most people. Yeah, but I know I know hardcore uh, competitive players love it, love Avengers. I do like Avengers a lot. <laughs> Not that we had uh, one of our top area players. He uh he was he really liked uh, Jurassic Park, but when Avengers came out, the complexity of the rules won him over and that's what he bought. Yeah, see it's probably my least favorite rule set from Nagel and them, but I still find it very challenging and very fun. He did uh, Joel did ask about my fat spinners question. I said, why the fat spinners? We haven't seen those forever. Keith Elwin said he included fat spinners to, and what I'm referring to listeners, they're wider than Stern has been using uh, for, for a long time. And they're more, they're more akin to like the, the old Bally Williams, like that wide or that wide spinner. So he said he slows the ball down using those. So the ball needs to be slowed down design wise. So you put in a fat spinner in there and it slows it down a little bit. Found that interesting. And for the record, he does love opto spinners. Everybody likes opto spinners because they keep spinning. But I didn't know this. Nobody's talking about it. I didn't know that the bomb or the bill of materials for three regular spinners equals one opto spinner. So, of course, people aren't using opto spinners as much. Yeah, unless you still have leftover money. And maybe that's why they kind of just like showed up on Star Wars the pen and be like, oh, well, we can have, we only want one spinner and we've saved enough elsewhere. Let's go ahead and make it an opto. But you know what I want to see now? I want to see the fat opto spinner. Oh, Fopto. A Fopto. Elwin, Borgie, Brian Eddy. Who's going to be the first to have the Fopto spinner? Man, and put it in a position like they did on Bally or Stern Electronics games. One of those orbits so you can just really freaking rip it. Yeah. Da, 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 da. He said the engineer's job 
is to get the cost down on some of these bill of materials. Harrison Drake, who he often works with, that is Keith Owen, is really good like that. <laughs> it does seem putting the layout over. It's like, Harrison, fix this. Yeah, basically, it's <laughs> what walks, it sounded like. Walks away to draw jaws. And I've said it before. This isn't a negative thing towards Keith Elwin. Oftentimes, we put Keith Elwin on this throne, and I'm telling you, his team is phenomenal. Harrison Drake is not talked about enough. Rick Nagel is not talked about enough. Harrison Drake basically designed that entire damn building, the entire damn thing. So I need to get Harrison Drake. Do you think he'd come on the podcast? No. I, I bet not. Nobody ever wants to talk to me. Maybe uh, they'll talk to Joel. Keith Elwin had a mystery castle reference. Thanks a lot. And I found it interesting. Then we'll move on that Godzilla's original concept had two pop bumpers instead of one down at the lower there. That scoop actually was a pop bumper. So you were going to have two right there. No scoop. Because we know Keith Elwin doesn't like scoops. But he said it just wasn't enough action. It just lacked excitement. So took out one of the pops and put in a scoop. I was hoping he'd talk about Back to the Future because I know he loves that theme, but he he said he's not sure he ever wants to do a dream theme. It's just too much pressure. It's bullshit, Keith. That's complete. Why was he? Garbage. Why did he jump at the chance to do Godzilla then? I I don't know. I guess he just thought it would be Though, a good theme. I think he said he hadn't seen him. He had to watch him. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Once he took it, mm-hmm. maybe he just like the idea of doing kaiju's. I don't know if he's just trying to throw us off his scent, but it was a. It was a good argument. No, but I don't No, No, that's not what pinball people want. He's the greatest designer. The it's greatest. not about what they want. Look, they want whatever he makes. So he's not in the same boat as like anyone else. I'm sure that must frost like all these veterans <laughs> to no end that Keith Elwin comes in newbie and his games are gold. He just, he can't, he has not delivered a single miss. He's only got one game, not in the top 10 and it's in the top 15. It's like. But that's what I'm yeah. saying. That's why we need the, like, if he's the best at all this, give him one of the best themes. But he doesn't, look, when you're the master and commander, perhaps you he's say, hey, I don't now. want, I don't want to feel this sort of pressure. But I want to see him singing Russell Crowe's rendition of Les Mis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I get that. But damn it. It seems sad that we don't see just a big dynamite, full assets IP from Keith Owen. Maybe it would well, he maybe might, be too he big might for get everybody. One, but, but not a theme that he has as a dream theme. You know, I know one of his is Back to the Future, so that hurts me. And he also reminded us that comedy is a must in pinball. Hmm, maybe that's a hint. I guess. Was Iron Maiden really very funny? Yes. Okay. It's been a while since I played Yeah, it. the call-outs. Uh, the comedy came from those the, the beast call-outs. Speaking of a beast, the Multimorphic P3 machine is a beast. That thing weighs in as like... Yeah, uh, that's the one thing I know everyone, everyone says about it is like, do not move that by yourself. That's right. Do you want a hernia? But then once you have it, you don't have to move it and you can take the modules out. So this isn't anything offensive towards multimorphic. Multimor- I played Weird Al. Oh, yeah, TPF. You know how awkward it was going up to TPF and having people kind of peer over me as I'm playing for the first time, waiting, anticipating what I'm going to say. Judging you? Yeah, the facial expressions I'm going <laughs> to give. Oh, man. I felt the tension on the back of my neck. A lot of people have been reaching out asking what my take was. They heard your take on the Eclectic Gamers podcast as well as the pinball show last week. My take is this. There's a really cool module. I love the magnet on the ramp. That thing was freaking sweet. How like the Vuck shoots it up onto midway on the ramp and then the magnet kind of swoops it over like on uh, Cosmic Kart Racing. 
freaking love that. There's a bunch of neat little things that are coming uh, on that Weird Al module. The game itself is, it looks really cool, really awesome. So I would have loved if the lines weren't as long, I would have kept playing, but I only put one game on it. So this is my one game review for all of you guys to get angry about. So it's not a review. It's a first impression. It's a first impression, a one game first impression at that. Things that I didn't like, the LCD is super busy. There's shit. Oh, you mean everywhere. in the main the main playfield part? Yeah, like there's stuff everywhere. I don't know. So that was a little busy. Um, the animation you guys talked about it. Animations are they're 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 okay. I think they're just good. They're not not great. They felt cell phone gamey kind of uh, in a lot of ways. I don't even think you need anything down there. I still argue that point. Uh, it's just too much shit to look at. So it gets a little cluttered. So when it comes to the flippers, okay, these upgraded flippers. I've been told. Wait until you wait, wait until you feel. Wait until you feel I no. Sorry. No. This is me as a disclaimer. Um, a lot of people in pinball believe that since as a dealer I don't sell multimorphic P3 machines, then I'm going to be overly negative about them and I'm gonna hate them just for the sense of hating them and trying to destroy a company. That's what the disclaimer is, that's what people think. The the realness is I, I don't give a shit. I'm just gonna tell you whether I like a game or not. And I do not like the feeling of the flippers on the P3 system. I, why nobody's saying anything about this just b- bewilders me. Well, it did bewilders you, me. Well, it depends on the. Now, I heard people at the show at TPF who told me that they did not like how the flippers felt. Apparently, none of them are podcasters. I didn't. <laughs> I've never had an issue with the P3. The thing is, I couldn't tell the difference between the upgrade kit and the non-upgrade kit. They've always felt fine to me. Yeah, I couldn't. Did either. you notice a difference no. between the old version and the new? I did not. Nope. Okay, so. Your reaction was like mine, except you don't like the flippers, and I oh, thought the flippers God. are okay. I just don't like them. And for other people, it feels like other people are protecting at times because they want to like everything, and that's fine. But damn it, you cannot objectively tell me these flippers feel good. Like they 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 have problems making the ramps. Hence why they put a magnet on the ramp. I mean, come on, people. No, they don't feel good. And if you watch streams, this is my argument. And I get a little animated when it comes to this because if it was other people saying, no, I totally get that. No, I totally see what you're saying there. Then I probably wouldn't be as animated. But it feels like I'm in crazy town here that I'm the only one that thinks that these feel off. Watch streams of this. Not so much the Kevin Buffalo one because he's used to it. And over time, you're going to get used to the feel of a flipper. And, and once you do get used to the feel of a, of a P3 flipper, I agree. It is fine at that point until you shift to another game and then it feels like, you know, you're learning all over again. But watch streams of it. What you'll see is these premature flips. Like it's it's at the top of the cuz we're so used to there being some sensitivity in a flipper, right? Whether it's a Bally Williams, whether it's a Jersey Jack, whether it's a Stern, you still have some sensitivity feeling there. And it sounds sexual now I'm talking about flippers and, and feelings and sensitivity. But you'll see people prematurely not even better, prematurely flip and the ball will just kind of roll mid playfield and come back down. That's because of the the feeling of these flippers. There's like there's no there's no gray area in these flippers. It feels like legit they are snap on or they are snap off. And there's no in between. There's no little like where you barely press and actuate a flipper where you'll get like a tap pass or something like that. Well, now they don't use leaf switches though, do they? I I don't think so. So that's it's it's a, I, I'm not scientific enough to know what it is. Damn it. I just know it ain't right. And I think they disguise it by saying, 
Oh, that's the P3 flip. No, that's a mess up. The ball's not supposed to do that. And many of you listening know exactly what I'm talking about, but you can't put your finger on it either. It's it's a, like a premature flip where I saw Dr. John playing it on Fliptronics. He's doing the same thing. Like, it was almost like, oh, shit, I wasn't, like, it didn't feel like it was supposed to do that, but it just kind of goes up prematurely and comes back down. And you try to get control of it. Something is going on there. The other issue is like the upper flippers being on different buttons. Don't don't get me on my soapbox on that again. They know that's wrong, so they coded the damn thing in. Still don't make it default, which is still an issue. Uh, but you can, you can be hard-headed about it and still make it a setting change. But they're hidden. That's the big recent talk right now, Dennis. The flippers are hidden under plastics, so they're not they're not out. And people are having a hard time seeing those upper flippers to when to actuate that flipper for the ball. That's what people are talking about. Yes. And I, I did discuss that because I, I struggled quite a bit with it um, because I was having it the way I uh, tried to adjust for it is I tilted my head to the side mm-hmm. in order to try and to try and see what was I going on. I saw a lot on. of people doing that. And actually in the, in the Eclectic Gamers podcast discord, I had a P3 owner come in and say, uh, addressed my comment about not being able to see the upper flipper on the P3. They they had they made an interesting point. They said, uh, this is a quote, I wanted to point out that without the optional art, the flipper is reasonably visible. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm speaking up to this stuff because when I get excuses and I hear excuses like, well, um, I have no problem leaning over when I'm playing and looking at the, fl- oh, bullshit, bullshit, people, come on. Call it for what it is. You can say, I love the P3 and everything and I worship everything, but they need to fix that. Like that is a bothersome thing or the flipper buttons. Like, yeah, I'm not playing a fucking keyboard down here with all these buttons. Like if you don't want to be compared to virtual pinball or fake pinball, then stop doing shit that makes you seem like you're like you have multiple flipper buttons. You get an LCD screen, like stop doing that kind of stuff. Then if you don't want to be compared to it, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. The flipper feels just off for me. You, you can't stage a ball. On the P3 system, fine. I guess people are fine with that now. Yeah, it's fine. We don't we don't need to stage flippers. I think Jerry and team would really benefit from figuring out a way to use leaf switches in their machines. I really do. But I mean, at this point, that's because that's a that's a thing that I that I wondered about. Because for me, it's uh, I get the the option to turn it to just using one button for each side to flip. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the two buttons, you're able to decide like, do you want to try and trap up down below and then still shoot up above? And if you can't do that on one button because they never did stacked leaf switches for the mm-hmm. allowance for stage flipping, then you would lose your stage flipping ability. Uh, but at this point, they've made so many. I mean, another upgrade point, kit. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I guess you could do it as an upgrade kit, but because otherwise it's like, hasn't that ship kind of sailed though? I mean, maybe that's not a big deal to, I, they've had, I mean, they did another flipper upgrade kit stuff, I suppose. It's always an option, but uh, especially as long as you could always still do the multi-button flipping. So, you know, because you want backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. It's like the hidden, you know, back on the hidden flipper thing. It's, to me, it's a, and this has been, just been with some of the fans where I've gotten a little uh, confused, I should say, maybe frustrated is more accurate. And that is that it's everything, every decision is a series of compromises. Yeah. And that's fine. I'll, all I want is people to acknowledge that we made a compromise exactly. instead of acting like, well, this is the, this is the best way to do something. Yes. The hidden flippers were a case in point. It, I get it. It's a compromise so that you're not making those owners have to take those things out all the yes. time. 
They keep them out of the way of the geometry. The price you paid was they are harder to see. And maybe this suggestion about, you know, just, you know, don't use the optional art so you can see them better. Okay. I mean, that would be my, I would agree with that. And I would do that choice. I would say, all right, I'll give up the optional art. But people who want something to look more like the game, I guess, would maybe not like that. So again, it's a compromise. Mm -hmm. So that's a sort of- That's all I wanted. My my thing on it is, is, yeah, these are a series of compromises. They, for whatever reason, they decided not to, probably because they had those multiple buttons, Mm -hmm. didn't think that there was the need to include uh, layered leaf switches that would allow you to stage flip. Sure. Sure. So if we want to start adding stage flipping now, it's like, to me, the ship kind of sailed, but it's an interesting thing because, because P3 is a platform. See, on a, on, if it was, if they were just selling individual games, you'd just be like, okay, uh, that this is a big demand thing. We found that out as of heist. Let's start adding we'll well, on our next, next game. We're going to yeah. have, we're going to do stacked leaf switches, you know, asking, especially now that there are all these weird owl orders. I mean, that's a lot of kits is my point. Like before this, when you didn't have a whole lot of P3s out in the wild, it wasn't a big deal necessarily. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of kits now. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. If you were to do it that way. And I don't know if it's worth, I don't know if it's worth doing it. I just, you, you hit the nail on the head. I just want some transparency and some honesty. I hate that hard-headed defensiveness where, no, that's exactly what we're supposed to. Oh, stop. Stop. There's no way. There's no way you would want flippers to be unseen and for players to have to shift left or right to see it. I mean, that that let's not joke ourselves. That spiral ramp, while badass, is not the most consistent ramp in general. So to not have a good-feeling flipper, to not have a flipper you can see, hitting that type of difficulty of ramp, you can't tell me that that's exactly how they would love it to be. That's all. Whenever I got up to the game and played it, they seem to be holding up like champs throughout the entire show. I think people have been talking about that. They've seen a shitload of plays. They held up, which is great. There have been issues in the past with you know some of the earlier multimorphic P3 games. So I think seeing them hold up to this to this level is nothing but great uh, greatness for multimorphic. The one that I played had it overall shot well. It had some wild airball stuff going on, hitting the glass a couple times. Um, one of the scoops wasn't going down all the way, but that's an adjustment thing. That's that's not the end of the world for a game that had been playing for two days straight uh, whenever I was playing it. So they seem built like a tank. We know the engineering is just a marvel uh, in these P3 games. I still think there needs to be front cabinet art. Without it, again, you don't want to be compared to virtual pinball, but you know what kind of game uh, has no front cabinet art? Virtual pinball. Get some art up there. The topper looked cool. Everybody's like, oh, what do you think about the topper? Didn't wow me. He's kind of flapping around like a uh, spooky pinball free topper, but it's still cool. Still look good. I like animated toppers. I, I think it's just at the end of the day, the theme doesn't do much for me. So it's hard for me to, if, if the theme doesn't do anything for me, I got to love the way this feels. All right. I love the code on this thing. And only one game in and with the knowledge and research I've done on this, don't act like I don't know the damn rules or anything. I know enough about it. It's a game that looks cool. It was fun to shoot that one game. Uh, nothing that I would have to buy right now. And I probably would have a hard time buying unless they flick, fix this flipper feel. This is the, when we list the manufacturers out, Dennis, the multimorphic P3 flipper feel is the worst of the bunch in the entire industry for me. Oh, and for me, it, it wasn't. But again, we were at a show also, so I'm judging their their show power flippers felt better to me than I've often experienced on, say, JJP, for example. Yep, I can, but, I can see the argument. At least with JJP, but, I get the feel. 
I get a good feel. Yeah, well, and, and it depends on the city. Now, I, I've been while we were here, I've been trying to do some research because I, I I found an article. I tried to find some photos to see whether or not they were using leaf switches for the flippers because mm-hmm. I'm not like I. My understanding, and people can write in to the pinball network at gmail.com and correct us if we're we're mistaken. My understanding is they're not stacked leaf switches on any particular button, but. From what I found, Jerry noted, and this was five years ago, but when they were discussing the early P3s, he did say that the button boxes support any kind of button configuration, but that they were using leaf switches for their setup for the flippers. Okay. So if like pushing the button on off, maybe that can be adjusted. Like a if a, a leaf switch gap issue was the issue or something. It could I don't be know. that. I but, just they all play like that. They just I'm just smash. I'm just saying now again, five years ago, I don't know if any changes ever were made or not, but that was I was trying to find like a, a spec sheet, but uh, a lot of times they don't go into the details of exactly what the button, yeah, you know, yeah. the, what the button uses to conf- for the for the connection. So you know, I'm not too surprised that I struggled. They have design limitations. You know that the module in the back third is where you can change, right? You can change the design on this game. So you're going to have to have strong flippers. I think there's still always going to be kind of issues on high ramps in the back there. That's going to be for any manufacturer. Any manufacturer is going to be like that because if you if you just boost up the damn power of those things to make back ramps like that and tall ramps, then you're going to have problem areas closer on your scoops and closer on targets and stuff with air balls. It's that's the compromise you are making. I get that. Um, I, I remember what was it about like a month ago they went on flipping a mash and Jerry and TJ they were talking about design elements of this game. And again, something that I don't hear anybody talking about, but Jerry was talking about Dennis Nordman. Remember Dennis Norman came in listener and designed, helped design Lexi Lightspeed. And he, oh, yeah, that's right. he was initially struggling with the space provided on these P3 games. Cause you only get that back third to design. And Jerry said that he, you know, talked Dennis Nordman into, that's just a, a psychological thing. Um, it's just a, Oh, like a mental block, like a mental block, because he said he he told the listener on this podcast, he said almost every Dennis Nordman game design, all of his lowest mechs that he ever uses is right there at the scoop wall of what would be the P3. I thought, holy shit, if Jerry's right here, that is phenomenal because my mind doesn't think that either. My mind thinks that a lot of pinball designs utilize all the play field, if not at least the, the top half, not the top third. So I went back and I was like, I think Jerry just fucking blew my mind. So I went back and because I'm a nerd and this kind of shit matters to me, I did my research. I went back and pulled all of Dennis Norman's games. I uh, made some transparency on the files and overlaid them onto the multimorphic setup where that scoop wall is. And I'm here to tell you, not only is that not true, but it's entirely untrue. Most every Dennis Norman game has a major macro function that is well below that wall scoop. So I don't know what Jerry was talking about here. For the life of me, I have no idea. Some of them were close, but no, 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 no. That is simply not the case. And visually, it, it doesn't look to be the case either. I just wanted to make sure that that was unsubstantiated. So no. Yeah, so it's been a while since I listened to the Flippin' Imagine, that podcast uh, featuring these guys. But I also found it uh, quite noteworthy, listener, that we talk about, you know, Bowen Karens and Colin McAlpine coming on as rules designers for Multimorphic, which is, whew, that's great gains there. Um, if, I'm, if I'm wanting to know great rules in a game, Bowen Karens and Colin McAlpine are going to be probably uh, somewhere at the top of the list on, hey, are these rules good? Are they balanced, et cetera? I found it interesting, though, that Jerry did say that 80 to 90% of the rules on Weird Al 
were already well done and finished before Bowen Karens and Colin McAlpine were even hired on to the multimorphic team. 80 to 90% mm. of the roles. Okay. And I, I have not heard this interview. I did have someone, I can't remember who, who told me at Texas Pinball Festival that Colin was, I guess, had told them that, yeah, he came in so late that he didn't really get a whole lot of influence on the rules mm-hmm. for, for Weird Al. And it'll be the next game that yeah. really will allow him to have a lot more input. So I, based off of when they announced Bowen and Colin, unless they had sat on it a while, I had thought there didn't seem to be a lot of a window for, for them to really work on. Cause I just assumed Weird Al would have had to have been so far into development. Um, that's interesting that it's that high of a percentage. Yeah. It but. shocked me as well. Cause I mean, I think when most people that know about Weird Al, I think they're comforted by the fact, well, Bowen, Bowen Karen's Colin McAlpine are on code, you know, some, because their arguments probably were, man, Lexi Lightspeed code or, you know, a cosmic cart racing, code or high, you know, they're, they're banking on, well, wow, Bowen Karen's and Colin McAlpine got that. Well, mm. no, they're probably going to yeah. balance out that 10 to 20%, but 80 to 90% already done. Yeah. Now, now the, the modes I experienced at the show, I did think that they tied in at least with the songs really well. Absolutely. In terms of a balance and stuff, I obviously, I only got a couple of games and I'm not remotely far enough in to be able to get a good feel of my own. Mm-hmm. And I'd, tr- I'd want to trust a better player than me anyway to know whether or not, like, it's, is it, when I hear Bowen and Colin, I actually think of it much more purely as, is it competitively balanced? Mm. That's what I think they mostly bring to the table. I think creative rule design can be done by a lot of people, but it's about is a scoring fair and stuff. That's where I think high level player. That's just my take. And I don't know how, how well the various multimorphic games have fared up until this point regarding how fair it is on balancing. So yeah, and I wouldn't know either. But since the games have been, well, because the games are so the platform is so homeowner oriented to me. It's always been like, I've never seen one in a tournament a P3 platform, much mm-hmm. less any particular game. So from that perspective, to me, it's it's sort of moot. It's like when I'm on location and we're talking about Stern games, Mandalorian is a game where some, some of the high-level competitive players, they don't like it because they feel like there's only one way to play it. Mm-hmm. But if I had the game at home and you wanted to be, this is where we get to the point chaser, moment maker thing mm-hmm. you like to talk about. With the moments and stuff, if you're playing for modes and trying to progress just in the game in general, you'd probably be totally fine with and you know, not care at all about how balanced the scoring is on Mandalorian. You're absolutely right, yeah. So that to me, that was our P3's thing. Like I didn't know they needed to focus on that a lot or not. But that being said, well, it's not talked about in a competitive sense all that much in my view, the spooky games. That was one of the big things, as people have pointed out, regarding Ultraman and Halloween and Bowen not being on that game. Mm-hmm. And that bothers people. And in fact, that seems to be some of the stuff people blame that do not like those two games. You're right. You're right. Because Bowen was very transparent. He has nothing to do with those games. Mm-hmm. You are right. Yeah. And and when it comes to the, like, you're right. Multimorphics P3, whenever I owned it, I have a lot of time on Lexi Lightspeed. And I always liked that code. I thought it was really novel in a lot of ways. But I'm with you. I don't know enough about competitive balancing, whether or not it had that. But I like the Lexi Lightspeed code. I like the tasks you were trying to get parts to rebuild the ship to get back to uh, the plant. I I thought those were always good, and I assumed that Heist was probably even better than that, and Weird Al as well. I don't have enough time on them, but uh, the the structure of itself for me as a home player and a moment maker, I I always like those. And to piggyback off what you said about the modes in Weird Al, theme integration is off the chart. It is a wonderfully, it would, it's going to be hard for there to be competition in next year's awards with theme integration in this game, in my opinion. Um, it's not a theme that I 
love, love, but it's integrated very, very, very nicely. But some of them, some of the modes are a little gimmicky. I, I Hopefully they back off of that a little bit. Like when that wall scoop goes up and the virus, you know, like. Oh, the ger- yeah, the, the germ one. Yeah. I, Jerry, I, you know, in creators, I, I don't want to be stuck on the LCD play field. Just, well, it's, I, it's, but I'll, I'm going to defend that one. It's, it's one mode and it lets them exploit something the other companies don't have. And that's that big screen with the ability to do the ball detection wherever it is. Yeah. But is it fun? If it's not too long, I think it's okay. Mm. I mean, I didn't get to play that one. I only got to watch other people I was playing with on that mode. So I can't confirm for you that it's fun. I thought it looked all right in an asteroid style way. I wouldn't want to do it for more than like 30 or 45 seconds. Yeah. Whenever the option comes up on which mode you want to play, I was thinking, which one is not that one? Because it's, it's essentially standup targets. Like how fun. I don't want to know. Yeah, but they're moving standup targets. Not no, I'm talking yeah, about those the wall. Yeah, those little germs are floating around. The oh, the wall. Yeah, but you're not shooting for the wall. You're shooting for the germs on the screen. I love the technology there, but if I could hit a ramp, I'd rather hit a ramp. I, I understand where you're coming from. There are plenty of other modes that let you shoot the ramps. Yes. I think having that one screen mode was fine. Yeah. yeah. I think it's multi, uh, that's my experience with uh, Multimorphic, with the P3 platform, and with Weird Al. I think they got themselves a a hit on their hands and it sounds like from the general consensus that nobody cares about the feel of uh the flippers so yeah i think it's a it's a dynamite home run for them but if you do feel like there is something off at least so i don't feel crazy email me at the pinball network at gmail.com am i really the only one i don't know who you talked to at the show i knew a lot everyone i heard had positive things to say about weird al i did meet show people who said they would not be buying one because they did not like how the p3 felt okay but that they liked the game all right i so, didn't talk to any of those but they people. weren't content creators so i mean they're not going to have podcasts and articles out they were just regular show people that were like what do you think i love this i love the songs i love the integration i don't really care how it flips yeah you know it was stuff like that be so, fair. Oh, what else did I miss in the podcast world? I listened to Pinball Profile when I was gone, and Jeff Teolis had a wonderful interview with the late Barry Ausler, um, interviewed uh, days before his passing. I found it really, uh, really nice to hear Barry one last time speaking about his history and, and the future that he was planning. He spoke about designing the Goonies and the Who Pinball Machines while at Deep Root. And unfortunately, as we know, Deep Root went to kind of deep shit with those games, so not going to ever see the light of day. Or will they? Do, 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 in a world, in a world of hey you guys and one-eyed pirates, one-eyed willies, <laughs> and chunk. It's Barry Osler's hit game. Throw mama from the train. <laughs> Didn't have the same mom. mom Wasn't that the same woman. What? Well, um, I don't. I forgot her name. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. Oh my god! Not stop her. My mom will shoot. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Was that the same chip? No, throw mama from the chain with uh with uh, Billy Crystal. I don't know that reference. No, and it wasn't the same mom and stop her. My mom. Okay, was I shoot. didn't know if it was. No. Uh, oh people, people know that the Goonies is a dream theme for me, so they asked, "Oh, aren't you sad that uh you, you know we now we see this layout? What could have been?" And I got to tell you, I'm glad that Deep Root went under because and and don't want to disrespect the late Barry Ausler because I love Popeye Barry. Well, you're up there. You heard me, buddy. Um. This was not a good layout. Thank God uh, the Goonies did not get this layout. Is that too strong? But uh, wow, that was a shit layout. It's fine that you don't like the layout. That said, it was just a white wood. It may have had significant modifications. I sure hope so. That was bad. I didn't care for for the layout either. Because I was was actually, uh, I was 
bidding on some of the deep root auctions because I thought, of course you were. That's all we need is you selling out already sold shaker motors. <laughs> I think pinball life got those. But, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's part of my job. Don't but, hate me guys. I like to buy your parts. But uh, I thought it would have been a cool idea to get some of those and just piddle around with them and, you know, maybe even a tribute to Barry uh, and what he was doing there to kind of revitalize those. And, but, but then once I saw the, the Goonies when I was like, Oh no, I'd go back to the drawing board for, for food that truck one. looked okay. That did look pretty cool. I thought the, um, what was it? The, the gladiator one looked pretty cool. Gladiators. The, <laughs> rising action. So you yeah. start, well, start basic rising action equal Hydra. <laughs> and everybody was talking about that luchador guys. I don't think that was a luchador. I think it was a Ray Mysterio pin. If you guys look at the pictures, I think it was Ray Mysterio themed pinball machine, which makes it horrible, but that looked like a fun little layout. The who looked okay. There was actually looked pretty cool. Like some cool stuff looked pretty cool, but the Goonies one, thank God. Cause that one looked like poopy, <laughs> but the lower play field and the upper play field. Ugh, two things that I'm <laughs> usually don't like. Oh, oh, you don't, I didn't know you were anti lower and upper play field. I'm not sure that there's a lower play field in pinball that I, that I like. Not one. well. And, and most I, I found, antidotally most people greatly prefer upper play fields to lower ones i think because it's been done more and uh visually you can see it better and i think there's more you can do with an upper yeah this part because you're confined by your ceiling when you're doing the lower and the uppers you have a lot more free room yeah, a lot one... more space i mean because where where can you not put the lower play field well you can't put it under a sling you won't see it you can't put it under the flippers yeah, you true. won't see it you can't yeah. put it under all the stuff up top you won't see it. so you're kind of stuck with it being where a giant angus face would go i'm gonna give jerry credit on this goonies he can compare this goonies because everything's in the back third <laughs> he can have this one uh, yep everything's in the back third maybe that's why i don't maybe, like it maybe multimorphic will do goonies oh please isn't the next game licensed? Have they already said that? If not, I'm putting the rumor oh. out there. Supposedly, P3 is going to have another licensed game hey, after Weird Al. You know what? My ass would be as blind as half of these people shilling this P3 if they did Goonies. Because I I don't care about Flipper Feel anymore. Or any of the aesthetics that I come to for pinball. I do come to pinball for the feel anymore. I'm, I'm growing into that veteran that just likes the feel of certain games. But, yeah. Let's hope it's not P3. And if it's it fun is, to like theme too, but but there's so many great themes that I, I won't own the game version of for whatever reason. Yeah, so. I get that. So no, I didn't win any deep root auctions. Um, I actually, I thought it was Saturday ended, but it ended on Friday. So I was a little bummed out because it was all ended and I didn't, I had like 25 different items I was bidding on. Oh, well, I didn't win anything. Wow. You're like trying to buy deep root. Well, there was a lot of stuff. People were like, oh, you're part of the problem. I'm like, no, there was, there was shit that we're building a, a facility and there was some stuff like tools and different things like that that really could have helped if they went did you, did you put a bit on the casting couch no i did not <laughs> the faux leather no but you know what dennis and listen that's genuine corinthian vinyl I, i'll have you know i did bid on the jesus painting damn it and <laughs> I did a fucking bid on that thing. I was the highest bidder for like an entire day. And then all of a sudden, just like on Easter Sunday, boom, he was gone out of the cave and that item was no longer available. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. So he was yeah, gone. I heard a lot of people were following the Jesus painting and that they were upset that it just disappeared. Yes. I have argued with zero evidence that Robert put in a request through the trustee saying that that's his picture and he should get to keep it. Yeah. That's my early adulthood. Jesus painting. Thank you. That's my grandma. My mouse. 
Yeah. I, I did not. I did not bid on that painting. I, I, I only like to think of the baby Jesus. <laughs> Golden fleece dapper. No, the, see the, that painting was going to go up in my new in my new flipping out uh, new flipping out headquarters shed. Damn it. Oh, wait, headquarters. No, it's not a barn. It's not a shed. <laughs> it's a barn. You built a pin barn <laughs> like everyone else. I wasn't overestimated by a contractor and spent three times the amount that they initially told me to call it a shed. You you should have built a pin bunker. And this is how I would do it. Total evil lair style. You got too much money selling all these Godzillas. Oh, Your kids can go to community college. So here's how, here's how I do it. All right. It's underground. So bunker. The way you get in, you push a button, your above ground pool rises. Oh. It's like the hat to the entrance. Oh. Like think Circus Voltaire style. Yeah, almost. that's amazing. And then you'd go down like a spiral staircase. You'd have an alternative elevator to get your games in. Sure. And people just go down the spiral staircase and then they open the bunker with this heavy metal door. It's like, thong. Oh, man. And then there, there you go. And the Jesus painting will be in there too. Yeah. That'd be what, what you see at the far end of the hall. With one with track lighting on it. If anybody knows what happened to that Jesus painting, I feel like I, you know, are there not rules? I bet on that damn thing. It was a. It was well, an, speaking of rules, it sounds like people who won the auctions didn't get their stuff. Yeah, some of the people paid for the damn things, and the grounds just weren't secured or organized. So yeah, <laughs> people just went in there, and I think it was uh, Terry Pinball Life on the forum said, "Oh yeah, nothing was regulated. Like you could just walk in there and take whatever. No, like during pickup day." Nobody was checking for anything, so somebody was missing an entire play field, a Whitewood. Uh, and, yeah, no consequences for theft there. <laughs> Just what a, what a continued shit show that is. American Pitbull has their stuff together a lot more. A lot more. Mm-hmm. Legends of Valhalla. Yeah, I talked with uh, Steve Bowden at uh, TPF. The Steve Bowden? I did, yep. He was the first person I think I spoke to when, on the day of the show when I walked in. He was monitoring the Legends of Valhalla because mm. they have been making some rules adjustments. Oh. And he was monitoring them because this was their first like aggressive beta play test. I figured you were just taking notes on how to be the most well-liked and respected pinball you know, personality. I already know how to be the most well-liked uh, person in pinball. The nicest, actually. It's not well-liked. The nicest. It's about being nice. Right. I'm not the, you're the second. second well, so I'm you're... the second nicest. I'm not the second most well-liked. The way I would become the nicest is for Steve Bowden to leave the hobby. Oh. That's the solution. It's not, I can't out nice it. Mm. He just needs to go away. Mm. Okay. Steve, have you thought about ping pong? <laughs> I thought there for a minute though, he was going to be going away from creation because he was doing more of a sales marketing thing. But now we've heard at the recent TPF seminar and from uh, Cosner that he's going to be on some rules to an upcoming game. So how about that? It makes sense. No, I mean, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Again, veteran, high-level player. I'm not saying that he shouldn't do sales as well. It's, I don't know his sales background, but I know his gameplay background. Yeah. And he, he understands a good rule set. We also heard from Cause this week saying that those who did order the Legends of Valhalla Deluxe uh, can submit for their free art blades by registering your game on American Pinball's website, requesting those art blades there. Uh, also talked about having six games in development. Jeez, mm. deep root all over again. That's, yeah, that's a lot of games. <sighs> well, you know they're supposed to put out like three games a year, according to David Fix. Yeah, I know, I know. At least they don't have the same deep root designer or, oh. Uh, well, they do have Dennis Norman, <laughs> an original non-licensed theme. Uh, Nap Arcade was talking about a rumored Whitewater 2, and I got to tell you, that layout looked really fun and good. Hopefully they do that. I like that. You can get it. I'll take it. I'll take it. They talked about redoing a Barry Ausler design, so as a tribute, kind of making sure one of his late designs get into production. So that's two of Deep Root. Uh, possibly a second title from Riot Pinball. Maybe the Wide Body Wrath of Olympus. Hmm. 
Yeah. I've heard good things. I don't know. No one will buy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the same thing with Valhalla, right? Originally, they offered, maybe it was just Wrath of Olympus. I think they were trying to sell up to 100, and they and they didn't. AP indicated that they could actually handle production of standard and wide-body games. Mm, okay. Why not? We're going to do three okay. games a year. Sure. Hell, in David Fix, we trust. And they're given and they're given free free out free art blades. Free art so, blades. Some some people call it an art blade. I call it a sling blade. Oh. <laughs> a sling. Blade. <laughs> some people call it art blades. I call it a sling art. Mm, I like that down fixer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's much better than mine. Smile the taters and fist taters. What a weird movie that was. It was. We need a sling yeah, blade it was a Academy machine. Award winning. No slaps required. Some people call it sling blade. Uh, so wide body games. Boy, as if doing non-licensed themes was smart. Let's go with the feel of a wide body. <laughs> Some people love them because you can stick in so many toys. I'm okay with them. I'm okay with them. I, I'm, I'm learning you know, more about myself that I don't prefer them uh, anymore. I have, as much as I have, I won't necessarily say rail, but as much as I have, I have talked down upon wide bodies for years and years and years, you know, as much as I've tried to get people to understand that they are inferior, the biggest thing that ever did it wasn't a single lick of words I said, but was when Pat Lawler came out and said, you know, yeah, I had to do wide bodies, but they're bad. Mm. They're bad. They make you a lazy designer. They're sloppy. It results in sloppy products. We are just filling crap in to try and make it look not barren. And it's like, thank mm. you, Pat. Because people respected Pat for his wide body games. And he's like, nah, Twilight Zone would have been way better than one wide body. And you've said it. You're right. You have said it since day one. I have actually changed my tune a little bit. Because I had no problem with them. I actually liked them for a lot of games. Um, so I'm kind of changing my feel over the years where... I'm not as, I, I just tend to not like the feel of them. Uh, not even close so, to a So you think it's more that your, your, your tastes have just sort of evolved over time versus that after I kicked your ass in that Hobbit debate on TWIP podcast. <laughs> I you're not chalking it up to totally, that? I, no, I, that's a loaded question. I, I handedly beat you on I that. I heard Costco was out of Neosporn in all of Indiana no. after I burned you that bad. No, I, 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 ra- I took the losing argument and won. I'm a champion. <laughs> I'm a champion. But no, well, I did. I but you're right. You about wear the, the cone of shame after you lost that. <laughs> like your dog. Like my poor dog. Poor Millie girl. No, but you know, you want to know another little nugget? Little listener sure, nugget? I if love you, nuggies. If you guys are listening this late into the episode, uh, you're going to hear something special here. Speaking of wide body games, not counting American Pinball, during TPF, I was speaking one to one with uh, someone from a a major manufacturer, and they hinted at coming out in the future soon enough with a wide-body game. I was going to say, well, now I have separate from this because I did not know about this conversation until you just mentioned Mm -hmm. it with this anonymous person. There were rumors before TPF going around that maybe JJP was going to reveal a re-release of Pirates, Mm. which is wide, but then it didn't happen at the show. So To double nugget down... It wasn't a JJP remake vault. Oh. A new title. Wide body. Okay. Uh-huh. Wow. I told them personally right then and there, even though I'm friends with them, I said, eh, that's a risk. That is a big, big risk. And I said, if you're going to do it, you sure as a hell better figure out a way to do it to where 
but you know, it feels good. Best of luck. But in, but in today's market, Zach, is it really a risk? Not if you have toys and theme. Nope. As long as you can build them and sell them, I think any game will succeed at this point. If everybody without, will, unless look, you go ridiculous. I mean, I don't know if today if you had Team Mafia come out and do a ten thousand plus dollar <laughs> EM that it's still gonna. I think it still doesn't sell. But eh, I don't know if it's Grand Prix. Like, uh, speaking of Jersey Jack Pinball, Ken Cromwell, the communications director, visited the gang over at the Flipping Out Pinball Streaming Channel last week. Did you see that one? I did not see that one. Well, you, Missed out. You were probably watching Overwatch 2 or something. What were you doing? I don't. It was Monday. I was probably sleeping. Oh, okay. Doing a watch video. Yeah, but Ken Cromwell came over and gave away one of their legendary creatures tees with artwork by Dane Henry Jr. Uh, they, they've released these new series of legendary creatures uh, artistry t-shirts. You can pick one up for yourself at pinballwizard.com. That was a shill message. He also gave away a team signed GNR playfield. Holy shit. Thanks, JJP. A play field. Wow, a play field. Everybody signed it. That's awesome. Uh, but we we and many people asked there, all right, Ken, that's cute, but um, when's Toy Story coming out? Yeah, where's Toy Story, Ken? Where's Toy Story at? When do you think we're going to see that? Uh, I'm going to say before July. That's I'm still saying that's assuming that's what it is, but by all means, I think that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't know I think sure, it is, and I, I think before July, but yeah. I don't know. I'm thinking uh, June would be nice. Yeah, that I mean. That's why I'm saying before July. I could even see like a May reveal and then a June shipping them out in June, but probably knowing JJP, August, September, October. Yeah. Okay. So we have a rumored Toy Story game coming out soon. Chicago Gaming Company still trying to get games out. Uh, trickle, the SE, trickle. Yeah. The SE models of Cactus Canyon remake, they are trickling out. You're right. We do uh, no widespread reported issues either, which is, whew, thank God. Then why are they trickling? I don't parts i guess i don't know oh gosh these dreaded parts delays they're killing us i don't know they're just struggling to get games to leave the factory when when are you going to have an unboxing video zach well carrie hardy already beat me to the punch oh Oh. that that carrie hey he won like game of the show at tpf he did getaway was pretty i'll give him we give him credit there and i have to give him credit for this unboxing video he did Man, like seeing a little baby bird fly from his nest. Did he do it blindfolded drunk while slapping people? No, but he made it a shtick. He made it a, a gimmick, a ah, thing, a segment. I have to see it. Oh, it's so well done. Carrie Hardy, you make me proud. Go check out Carrie Hardy's unboxing video of Chicago Gaming Company's Cactus Canyon remake. Not that he got it from flipping out and did an advertisement for us or anything, but go check that out. So good. No production updates, uh, unfortunately, from CGC, <laughs> from your host here. I... I tell people i don't know when they're coming out and i don't i have no clue um when's their new super secret game coming out the, I, the one with franchi on art i can't say from what i'm hearing franchi is not on the artwork of the next game um, maybe we could i was probably thinking of the uh american pinball game then i wouldn't be surprised if you see a mark ritchie game before a steve ritchie game either just saying mm. mm-hmm. so i think I, yeah i know that was a big one there <laughs> That was huge. <laughs> Sorry. That was, Sorry. That was all the scoops. <laughs> so I told you I'm coming back. Fire it up, baby. Kellogg Raisin uh, brand of podcasting's back. That's right. Fuck two scoops, baby. We'll give them all to you. Oops. All raisins. <laughs> oh. No production updates, though, regarding Cactus Canyon remake. I know SEs are coming out. They're coming out very slowly. People are like, where are my SE pluses? Well, uh, I hate to tell you, but LEs come out next and then SE pluses. I would guess LEs are going to be June, 
uh, to start. And then Essie's probably late summer, if I had to guess. I hope it's sooner, but I doubt but it will isn't, be. is not SE Plus just SE with a topper thrown in? Correct. In a little box? Correct. Epsilon, yes. Hmm. That's right. But if you can't make toppers, you can't make SE Plus or LED. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm like, I guess the problem is they don't have the stuff to make the toppers. And I think we're going to see that expanded code coming out very, very soon. We did, uh, we were told at, I think, the TPF seminar that it is a kit. It is a kit rather than just a downloadable code, which I think is yes. smart. Yes. Probably like what they did with Medieval Madness, I'm guessing. Absolutely. The the color patch kit for uh, Medieval Madness, you had to actually have like a ROM thing to put in there. They don't want no pirates. Damn it. By pirates, I mean piracy. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, look, it's been six weeks since I've podcasted. We've talked about scoops and stuff. Maybe this kit that you get is not just a physical ROM. Maybe it's a physical piece you're adding to the game as well. <gasps> a new hat for the cowboy. That's okay. Think what was once in there and never made it to the production of the original. Okay, we got to keep moving. I'm giving away too much stuff. Haggis Pinball in the news, or are they? Well, we did receive an update a couple of weeks ago, Damien describing the continued delays they are having, but confidence that the first Fathom Revisited Mermaid Edition is going to end up shipping in April. Ooh, That's this month. Time's a ticking. Time is a ticking. I think Dr. John has number, I'm oh, sorry, Dr. John? He has number one, so Dr. John's probably over there itching. Did you see the video update showing gameplay and rules explanation by uh, rules designer Martin Robbins? Yes, yeah. yes, I did. What'd you think? It looks pretty good. It does look good. I mean, I was like, wow, they that uh, that Mermaid Edition really kicks it up quite a yeah. quite a few notches. It really did. I, I I was loving what I was seeing, and I watched a lot of that video, so. I'm still excited. I know that people want to say, you know, he's taking people's money that is Damien and the Haggis company and not, you know, not following through on when they're, and uh, there's no argument there from me, but damn, I still want this game really bad. You know, it's going to feel good. It looks good. I'm excited still. So sue me. Speaking of being sued, Pinball Brothers. No, <laughs> oh. it's my alien. Oh, the bros were in full effect at TPF. Coin Taker Booth, um, mm. they went there. They had two aliens. There was, it wasn't Weird Al long, but there was quite a line. Yes, there was. Alien. I heard that they did need some work throughout the weekend, these games. Uh, they did bring two alien SVs, which is standard version, and L two LV games, a limited version. And I thought the LV was beautiful. I didn't think that, the, I didn't know if the blue powder coat would work. I thought it would, but in person, that is a that is a gorgeous game. It looked and you really started good. to think, I could have an alien again. Hmm. That game's got a lot going for it. It really does. But no guesses to the production schedule of LV games uh, or even additional SV game runs. Uh, we are a dealer for Pinball Brothers. Uh, we kind of, uh, like there's a master dealer, Coin Taker, and then there's a couple dealers under Coin Taker. The Sith are always, too, a master and an apprentice. That's right. Master. I've been watching those. I've really been. I went back. <laughs> I, I need to see you going to Coin Taker site. So should I should I sell these LV orders early? And they just go do it. <laughs> Execute order sixty six. Whenever I saw Melissa at uh, TPF, she whispered really close in my ear, "I am the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> I am the distributor." I was like, "Shit, watch out!" So no, she didn't have anything to tell Zach, me. I, I am. Yeah. Pinball brother. And whether it's pinball brothers or coin taker, tell them like I've been told stuff before, but at this point I'm not going to relay that stuff because it is never true. 
So I'm just going to say, <gasps> I don't know. Why don't you relay us? You're supposed to keep us informed. Yeah, then I tell you two weeks. Like, I'm two tired of being told weeks. that myself. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to rehash that. It just doesn't happen. I'm not going to tell you it's in a boat. I'm not going to tell you it's uh, in a it's box. In a moat. With a I'm not going to tell it. I'm it's on a cot. You. I'm not going to tell you it's going to rot. Yeah. I'm not going to tell. Yeah. All right. I do not like explanations that are canned. I do not like delays. Same I am. That works. Who knows? I don't know when they're coming. All I know is we have some on order. I think we have some spots available. Uh, Cointaker did tell me at TPF. She looked around. She was like, uh, psst. <laughs> hey, Zach. I, I said, when are we going to get the next Pinball Brothers game? And she said, oh, actually, we're going to do a reveal late summer, early fall. You're going to see, oh, see. So this should be yeah. this should be their queen game, yep. right? That we was all, yep. at that pop-up store. She confirmed it. Yeah, this queen, just like we all thought. Pop, and yeah. Pop up video. We'll pop, see it. Pop. Hopefully they make major adjustments to it, but we will see it. I'm not sure we're going to see much though at the Midwest Gaming Classic coming up April 29th through May 1st in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Are you going to be there? I'm not. Hmm. Everybody's like, why aren't you either. going? Why aren't you going to the Golden State Show? Why aren't you going to the the I'm Reno tired. Open? Why aren't you? Because it's expensive. I'll go. You all pay me. <laughs> but you make money on all these LV aliens. Yeah, but, but I, I make money on selling games, not being at a show, not being able to sell games. I lose money. So no. Hmm. You want me at a show? Pay me. <laughs> I'll get to a show. Uh, but no, Midwest Gaming Class. I would have loved to have gone. It's always a fun show. I went once. I liked it. Uh, but it's coming up. And a lot of people were rumoring, maybe we're going to get a reveal by American Pinball or George Jack. I don't see it happening. I do not see it happening. I'm worried, you don't? I'm worried about that. You don't the think they could do a shows. Toy Story there? Nope. Don't see it. Could be wrong. I don't see it. One of the things I wanted to bring to everybody's attention is a call for entries for homebrew pinball. Uh, one of our friends, Jobber, fucking Jobber, is running that, took the helm over there doing the homebrew section. And... If you have a homebrew pinball machine or even an arcade game that you want to show off there, make sure to submit it, right? Submit it before deadlines April 16th. So this week, holy crap, go to homebrewpinballgames at gmail.com, email them, uh, and submit your game. You can go to the website in general for general information on MGC at midwestgamingclassic.com. Come on, do it, people. Get your homebrew in there. I think, is there any more news that we want to give? Any more trinkets that we want to, I think Nothing that's Nothing really recent. I think that's all. What do you guys want to know? The next turn game? He goes, I don't, we'll save that for another episode. We got to we got to build up our numbers here. They probably want more details on this Mark Ritchie thing. Oh, stop. You're supposed to, I was supposed to be just something if something casually heard. Damn it. <laughs> they probably want to know something about these Chris Fancy art packages because I keep getting confused and it sounds like there are like 20 of them coming. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's on the next American Pinball. I don't know. He's not on the next JJP, but maybe he is on a future JJP. All right, I'm stopping. I'm going into <gasps> oh my gosh, Zach. The next, segment. next segment. This is like next. a ten piece now. Oh, with honey, with barbecue sauce. It's been six weeks. I don't know if I have it in me. My voice is already giving. I can hear it. I can feel it. It's because we've gone on forever. Oh, maybe we shouldn't do. It's been eight or four years. <laughs> <laughs> Rose turned into a hag. Uh. <laughs> Why don't you trend me like one of your French girls? Oh, God. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's time for the one, the only. You missed it. Six weeks. I will give Dennis some credit. He did have a good pinball market trends a couple weeks ago. The bullshit that he did with uh, Nap Arcade? No. No. <sighs> that was not it. 
that didn't sour me as much as the Twippies, but it's like drinking milk at night. Made me feel a little unbalanced when I woke up, if you know what I mean. Blagunk. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Pibba Market Trends. I, it felt foreign to me. It felt like I don't even know it. I don't know who it yep. is anymore. It doesn't know what it is. Trending up this week? Question mark is always Godzilla Premium. It's got to be. Uh-huh. I, uh, I don't know what else to do. Like this segment doesn't work if it's the same damn thing trending up and down every week. Well, but that's what the market is. I know. Numbers don't lie. You only report the facts. It's what they say. It's what the T-shirt says. Buy it now at flippinguppinball.com. Godzilla Premium is up in a big way. They're still selling for higher than MSRP by a substantial amount. Uh, I think the going rate for secondary used premium is 11 to 12 right now. So yeah. I saw someone online, I know this won't shock you, listed a Godzilla Pro for premiums MSRP. Sure, $89.99. I could see it. If I had a pro right now, it's, I think I sold a used pro for, it was like right above MSRP. People probably still got their pitchforks down. Yeah, how dare you as a beat dealer? Oh, what a shit show that's been. Man, people are turning their back on us dealers. Godzilla premium is up. It's going to be up. Uh, I could probably name it in pinball market trends for the next uh, year. Uh, more than likely, it's a special game. And you know it's good when Dennis decides to buy a game. And he also decides to do the following. Trading up this week is apparently mods. Adding mods to your game. Because damn it, you know you got a good game on your hands whenever Dennis Creasel is modding the hell out of it. Woo! Look at you, Din Din. Adding some measles mods. Uh, I just, that's one of the things I usually do out of shows is pick up a few mods and throw them in a game. Mm-hmm. And it usually has to be my newer games because that's the ones that all the mods are out for. So. Shaker motor? Getting a real feel of Godzilla. Well, that was, that was sent to me by Nicole. Well, still, but you installed it? You didn't did. give it away like you did my it. gifts I got you for Christmas. I only gave away some of those. And... <sighs> See, I got the, yeah, I did get the Toho Theater mod with lighted lock sign for Godzilla for Measle Mods. I got a few of the Walking Dead signs, a couple of the static ones and one of the ones that lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I finally, I couldn't find it. Anyone at TPF that had them. Apparently Powerballs are like 40 to 50 bucks now. Yeah, they are high. But I, I went online and I ordered, I think it was from the, I don't remember who it was from anymore, uh, but those those glow balls, but oh, they weren't okay. actual glow balls. They were they were tagged as fluorescent balls because you can get like four of them for like forty eight bucks or something. That's not bad. So that's like the price of one power ball is four four of these. They still have the metal core, so you can't use them as power balls. But they're the same weight as a power ball, mm-hmm. and I put that in my Buck Rogers because it's playing Ooh. way too gentle. Ooh. So that that's you know those lightweight balls fly and. Uh, yeah, I put a few games in on it, and I was like, okay, yeah, this has got some aggression to it. That'd be cool. Yeah, look at you. So that was a mod, too. Man, before long, you're going to be ordering a Godzilla topper for flipping out pinball. They aren't even out. Well, I don't think there'll ever be a topper for Godzilla. I think I think Keith Elwin probably told Amanda and and Bill on the Free Play Pinball podcast that he hates toppers. Oh, Didn't he say that? I don't think Did he, he say that? No, I don't think he I don't know. I don't have part. to report the facts. This is not my market trend. Jeez, don't do that to me. No, it's coming soon. I hope it's just like a flat plastic of, of Milla. God, I'm biting my tongue right now because I'm like, I've given them too many nuggets this episode. <laughs> But maybe I give them. We don't have enough time to do a 20 piece and you're already at a 10. So just hold it back. Fine, fine, fine. Trending up this week is the pinball show coming in second place for podcast. We did it, Dennis. In correspondence. Congratulations. Pinball show is also trending up because we keep giving away all these nugs. You want another nug? Godzilla topper itself is not just going to be a regular shell of a 
plastic, kind of like we've seen in Avengers and Jurassic Park. No, no, no. It's got a little bit more coming to it and coming very soon. Wow, God. I'm on fire, baby. Also trending up this week is slapping the shit out of somebody live on a stage in an award show just to boost some ratings. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need to do to win next year. <laughs> when that happened, did you feel that she had seen that video where you slapped Greg and stole your thing? Oh, she stole my thunder. What would have happened to the Twibbies if someone would have slapped? Would it have redeemed that show? Someone oh, been, you mean like if it had been like a Will Smith, Chris Rock? Yeah, thing? somebody. Yeah. Oh, because when you were talking about the slap thing, I thought you meant uh, Reba Hardy's bit where she wrestling slams someone. Oh, no, no, no. That's where that. I was coming from. So now I realize, oh, we were talking about a different word show. No. Oh, okay. So if someone had slapped like what happened with the Oscars, mm-hmm. at, you know, <sighs> it's almost unbelievable. It but, really is. I bet there's security uh, that know, would actually came I in. I think though. people would be confused just like they were at the Oscars if... It, was it real or was it a bit? And I am, I am reminded, and I would have been reminded anyway because it was brought back at the Twippies. But that first time where Chris Franchi stomped the trophy, oh, yeah, yeah, and like no one understood what was going on, uh, except a few people in in the in person crowd. And so there were a lot of people that thought, "Why was he so mean? He destroyed a trophy." But then in reality, it was all a bit, and people didn't know. And he did it again this year. And I actually was sitting towards the back and someone said why did he just destroy that trophy I thought, oh no oh no people don't know did <laughs> they again. still don't know they don't know no so that's what would have happened with slaps it had been like you know maybe maybe jack wanted to be slapped maybe this was a thing <laughs> it would have been good i just pictured uh multimorphic jerry in the back of the audience whenever i went up to present and just screaming keep my game out your fucking mouth <laughs> Game out your fucking mouth. Oh man, love you, Jerry. That was a good one. I like that one. All right, we better end the show out before uh, before we start trending down. Also trending down this week is Ultraman. Oh no, just Ultraman. Ultraman, yes, just Ultraman. Don't you dare say Halloween. <laughs> but Ultraman has better art. You're all wrong when it comes to the Halloween hate. It's got better screen wrong. scene integration. Yeah, you don't think I prompted that person to throw hate towards Joel? <laughs> oh, poor Joel. He never. He was like, I've never had this happen. He didn't before. see it coming. That poor sweetheart. Like, welcome to the club. That's right. Yep. Yep. Welcome to the club. No, Ultraman. There is one selling two thousand below retail right now on Pinside, and it's still sitting. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What are we going to do? That's what happens when you have an ultra niche theme that nobody really uh, knows. It was cute at first, but it's no Halloween. So many people rolling their eyes right now. Oh, yeah, because Halloween's doing fucking spectacular. Let me tell you, Zach. No, I know it's not doing well, and I've turned it down before. A lot of you are wrong about it. Listen to EGP if you want to hear some wrong stuff last week. Uh, oh, my gosh. Them talking about, oh, you're going to wait 45 seconds for it to come out of the fucking uh, subway. Oh, bullshit. Good Lord. No, you do not. It's like, I, I almost wanted to do, have you ever seen the uh, the meme of that guy that, that like, that makes fun of memes that, like, are trying to explain something that shouldn't be hard at all, but are really difficult, and he, like, gives the hands up, like, there. See? You just untie the knot. It's not a big deal. I almost did that to EGP. And with mm. a stopwatch right by that subway lift and been like three seconds there. Whoa. Three seconds. It ain't no three seconds. It is two. It's not long. <laughs> Y'all are wrong. 
so <sighs> so wrong. Also trending down this week is those of you. This is pet peeve. Those of you who don't cancel an order if you found that same game elsewhere. Oh my god. Maybe they want more than one. They don't though. Here's my rant. When I finally come to you, flipping <laughs> no, out pinball. This has been killing me. I have to say something. I'm eat all the nugs you just gave them. Yeah, it's fine. These nugs are going to be the French fries that have been sitting in the fryer too long. If you order a game from us, we don't take a deposit, right? We're being kind people. And then I approach you when, the, and I'll be at, you know, it, maybe it's taken eight months for Stern to finally get this game out. But when I come to you and say, hey, your your JP's ready, or hey, your Deadpool's ready, and you say, no, I already got it from, I already got it from JJ a month ago. Maybe the courtesy of calling to tell me that you've canceled. That's all. And the reason that's important, because I don't care if you cancel, the reason it's important is because when, 14 to 15 people email me every day. Hey, where am I at in the position for God's sake? Where am I at in the position of Avengers? I am taking your spot, and, and that's counting as a spot. So I'm giving them inaccurate information if you've already got the game. That's all I'm asking. Oh, so you get, they ask you for where they are in the spot? Jesus Christ, and it happens 20 I, fucking I times a day. I whenever, I just waited, and then I got stuff, it's, and then I paid. It is, honestly, it takes up several hours of every working day. Oh, wow. Yes. To answer that many. And I'm not complaining because I'm blessed I have the order. So I don't want to. You are kind of complaining. I'm not coming across as, you know what? If you want to know where you're at in the queue, you rightfully should be able to know. So if you want to know, you can keep asking. Yes. There, let me, that's my, just guess, just guess where you are. You can, you have that right to know, but it does take a shitload of time because I don't have a great system. So I have to go through and count the entire order to see where you fall. Then take that number. Maybe you're being too too precise with it no that because it's the truth i want to be true with people well no i'm not i I understand that but well the other problem is like they'll get i'll know that like if somebody's 35th in line right then i go look at my production schedule on the allotments i'm going to get the next two runs but then the run in the summer and fall they haven't given us numbers yet so i have to go like well based on what they gave us previously if i take an average here they probably fall on but it's imprecise so i don't know well i'm just wondering maybe it'd be easier if all you did was say you are 35th in line and this is when the next run of the game is but i can't confirm whether or not they'll actually send me 35 or not if i know they're not going to send 35 i I wouldn't be able to tell people that because i I don't want to get people's hopes up so Right, right. Yeah. So I've wondered if maybe it would make sense for you on the flipping out website to list like when the next productions are currently estimated. Like, yes, I thought about like that. Deadpool, yeah. May, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, July. Yeah, I've know. thought about. There's got to be That's something too, we're gonna have but... to do because because all dealers are dealing with this, and it's it is. I mean, I talked to Melissa at TPF, and she said that it it takes away so much time trying to figure out when these runs are coming or the poor Jurassic park people, I got ahead of it. This is inside baseball here, but I got ahead of it and I was like, Hey, you guys, Oh, it's supposed to be made next week. So heads up, go ahead and submit your payments, right? Finally doing something ahead of time. Damned if that next day I didn't get a message. Hey, those are all bumped. I'm like, fuck. So <laughs> message those people mm-hmm. back. Oh, I told you it was being made next week. Eh, oh, it's actually July. And they're like, and that probably made them extra upset because yeah, they got their hopes up. It did because they were like, well, I paid. Now what are you going to do? And I'm like, well. You'll be like, well, I, I'm going to put it in an interest bearing account. <laughs> that's right. Like, I can give you your money back, but I don't want to eat 3% for the credit card. So, uh, day in the life of a pinball dealer. Sorry, guys. That's it. Also trending down this week is pinball enthusiasts, not you people in general. The Facebook page, Pinball Enthusiast. Oh, I left that group months ago. Wow. 
what a dumpster fire over there. I've heard. I've heard it's been drama city. I was, I'm still a part of it. I made a pledge over a year ago because maybe one or more of the moderators are, uh, how do I say this in a PC way? So I don't, I don't post there anymore. And I haven't posted there for over a year because there is one or more of the administrators in that group. And it's the largest pinball group on, on the Facebooks. Uh, so I would like to advertise and to post things there, but I don't, I refrain because they are complete dickholes. Uh, but yeah, big shit show going on. They apparently don't like Robin from Pinside. So they said, you can't say Robin's name or can't mention Pinside <laughs> on, on pinball enthusiasts. Yeah. It, it reinforced everything that I perceived before and currently about them. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. They are trending uh, comes down across like power tripping. When you start making weird rules, like don't say their name. No joke. Good Keep Lord. your name out of my forum's mouth. <laughs> also trending down this week is Tennessee Law. How about that, Dennis? I don't know what you're talking about. you think about. that was going to make an appearance here? No, this is a surprise. What a twist. Sure, this has nothing to do with pinball, but damn it, it still bothers me all the same. I was on a recent spring break trip with my wonderful and beautiful family, my wife and kids, and Tennessee. Who, 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 who do you think you are? I don't know who Tennessee thinks they are. But they're like this place where they take no liability for anything. And they think just putting a sign on there deems them not liable for anything wrong that could happen. Have you ever seen those places? We're not, uh, we're not, not responsible for. Yeah, maybe. I, you know what I mostly associate with is those uh, like quarry trucks hauling rock. <laughs> and they say, you have to be, yeah. you know, stay 300 that's feet right. back. We're not, we're not liable if your windshield's damaged. I'm like, uh, that's not how exactly. liability works. You exactly. don't just get to say you're not liable. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I know, I know you about. think you can. Doesn't mean, and if I'm 300 feet back, I probably can't read the damn sign. Hence the conundrum here. Tennessee state law. We go on a trip to Tennessee, the beautiful Tennessee mountains and, um, I have a near panic attack moment because the older I get, the more afraid of heights I am. And my family thought it was a great idea to put me on some fucking ski lift to take me up to the top of a mountain. And I thought it was sketchy when I got on this ski lift and there was no security measures. You just simply pull a bar down over your head and can lift said bar at any point in time up the mountainside and plunder to your death. Uh, the shaking this thing i was the only one worried everybody else all these other blind sheep out there these americans are just riding this thing willy-nilly hey let's lean on it let's take selfies on it nobody where's everybody at they need to wake up none of this shit is safe and you all should be afraid for your lives nobody's afraid i'm the only one afraid of every little thing in life right now so had a panic attack going up and once i read a sign at the very top I realized why I should have been worried. It says as follows. Really big sign up there by all of the shit that your kids climb on that could die from. Um, it says the following. Under Tennessee law, an adventure tourism professional is not liable for any injury to or the death of a participant in adventure tourism activities resulting from the inherent risks of such activities. Pursuant to Tennessee's code annotated Title 11, Chapter 11. So, ah, okay. Yeah. All right. We we have something like that in Kansas for farms. Yeah. Uh, agritourism. Uh, the farmers were like, well, what if they cut their hands and necks off and stuff when the combine? They're like, well, let's just pass a law so that if you do agritourism, you're not liable if they hurt themselves on farm equipment. They just blanketed and this whole thing and said, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna build things for you and your kids to want to be lured in to climb on uh, on a mountaintop like a fish. But just know that we're not gonna have any supervision. And if you do impale yourself, 
We're just simply not liable because hashtag we've got a sign. <laughs> the fuck? Yes, but they probably do actually have a law in I their know. case, which which does which does give them that forgiveness. Can I make a law like that? Like if I slap the you shit out of somebody, I'm not one. liable in the state of Indiana. I don't know. What do you need? Do you like want one if someone tips a pinball machine on themselves that they can't come back and yeah, get after something you? Like, like, yeah, you can always ask your uh, state legislator. For wow, it. I thought this is this is pretty unbelievable. Unbelievable. Do you ever get scared about heights or anything, Tess? Uh, you know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a huge heights fan. I, there's not anything I can think of that I've explicitly avoided per se. But I've never been on like a ski lift. Oh, it's so scary! It takes you up to the mountaintops, and you know that like if you fall, you're gonna die. Yeah. In fact, I was going to. Well, I wasn't going to. Now I am. I did just see a day or two ago. I guess someone on one of those trails in Hawaii slipped and fell 200, 250 feet. Yeah. Because yeah. there are no like major notable railings or anything. You should have, the ski lift people were like holding babies and stuff, and I'm like, oh dear God, hold on! Like it should the baby should be harnessed with a bungee cord or something. It was <laughs> it was terrifying, and what the most terrifying thing wasn't my possible death. It was the smiles on these fuckers' faces with no <laughs> worries in the world. And they thought that since this was a business that had them in this harness, that it was completely fine. It, well, yeah. it, it, people are blind. I don't know what's wrong with people. They trust anyone. It's ridiculous. Tennessee law can lick my chode. Till the week this week is a Beatles gold. Find a Beatles gold on Pennside right outside of uh, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. Wizard 64 is his name and the Beatles is his game. He's got for sale. $7,500 firm. It's only got 249 plays. That's a good buy. Bye, bye, bye! There's, no, there's none left, so that's really, really a good buy there. Go pick you up the Beatles. Pinball Bounty is still open for the Radical. Find me the nicest Radical, or one that is super clean that has a play field that I can strip down and get reproed, and I'll give you a bunch of money. Sell, sell, sell! And as always, I'm just here to report the facts. Dennis told you that because I'm a man of honor, and numbers will never lie to you on Pinball Market Trips. Ooh, Dennis, let's close it down. Episode 96. We're getting closer to 100. Very close. We're going to celebrate. What are we going to do? Anything special? I don't know. We might have to make some significant revamps to the show. <gasps> How's that for a nug? I was saying, now you're giving nuggets away. Yeah. Oh. I got four piece pack here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where can people catch you? They can always email me, eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com or go to facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast. Those are the most convenient ways to direct message me. Wonderful. And you can send all of your pretty pictures from TPF to Tony. I'm sure he wants to receive all those messages. And send, he loves photos. I know. Send all kinds of pictures to Tony. If you're at the DMV, send them to Tony. If you've, uh, you know, just have a fresh shave. He still doesn't to listen to the show. He won't hear any of these. That's a, again, this hard headed shit. He should work at multimorphic. Good Lord. Like I, but <gasps> at this point, it's just hard headedness. He just refuses. Yeah, I don't think he's listening to any pinball podcast. So it's not like personal. Is he not? No. Hmm. <laughs> you're 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 like all the rest you're just the same you're one of them come on tony i need you now if you need to get a hold of me you can do so by emailing the pinball network at gmail.com you can also reach me at straight down the middle of video series uh sdt and pinball gmail.com i think greg and i were we've lost the password so we're trying to find it but i still have access to it because it's built in on my phone so i don't know what to do there uh, but we have some SDTM videos that just came out. One 
talking about some retro gaming, another, a new mod by hurry up pinball for Deadpool. That was fun. And if you want to be, if you want to spit the drink out of your mouth, tune in and see what my specific custom mod says about Greg bones, mom. Mm, so good. Uh, I'm only, I'm halfway through that video. Oh, so good. This show is proudly sponsored by flipping out pinball. The product showcase this week is the Mandalorian premium. We do have, I think two still in stock. And those have been selling really well. Those ain't Guns N' Roses. People are like, shit, I want something. Those are good games, so I'll get them. We also have Guns N' Roses, as I alluded to, ready to go, ready to ship. We also have in stock the art blades, the toppers, and the banners for Guns N' Roses. If you want an Avengers Pro, they're going to make them this week. I believe I have an extra spot left. Somebody backed out last minute. (laughs) Not to reference the point that I had in the market chain, but uh, (laughs) got a late opening. Avengers Infinity Quest Pro. Still waiting for more insider-connected kits. We have them on pre-order on the website. Alien pre-orders, still taking those as well. I think I have a mermaid spot for Fathom still left. Batman 66 LE, we still have it. Rush Pro pre-owned, we just added to the uh, to the inventory. So we have one of those as well as Jurassic Park Premium pre-owned. Cactus Canyon spots for SE and SE Pluses. We still have an Elvira 40th anniversary as well as Star Wars Premium Comic. Sold one of them, still have one left. And we just included into our inventory a used LE. Those don't pop up too often. So Star Wars LE. We did sell one of our Star Wars LE toppers. It went for $3,000. How about that for a training up? Yikes. Mm-hmm. And we I still have, have one more left. I have to recalculate my uh, topper to dollar conversion for when I do comparisons on things. Yeah, people thought I was crazy. You're never going to get that out. Yeah, yeah, you will. We got one more left. We have a TMT LE and a premium pre-owned. We just added to the inventory that premium, as well as the Led Zeppelin premium plus mods we add to the inventory. See, I'm buying up a lot of stuff getting trade-ins, and even if I have to pay more than MSRP. Deadpool LE, got one of my own personal collection. Eh, it could go. Uh, got that with the topper, if you guys are interested in that. A Munsters Pro that we just got in stock. It's a pre-owned one. Game of Thrones LE, out of my own personal collection. Eh, it can go. Uh, Stranger Things Premium, still new in the box. Have that for market price. Corvette and Maverick, we just got into inventory pre-owned. Uh, you're not going to get a new in-box Maverick. And Iron Maiden Premium, very lightly pre-owned. Godzilla, I talked about it earlier. We have armor now in stock, as well as the shooter rod and art blades, all accessories uh, for that minus topper in stock. Rush orders, we're still taking orders for those. And TMNT, Stranger Things, Deadpool, all have toppers we got in stock. Armor, everybody likes this armor. We got Mandalorian armor, Godzilla, Led Zeppelin, Deadpool, Avengers, Turtles, more. We, we have a lot of armor. Shooter rods, we have Avengers, Jurassic Park, Mandalorian, Godzilla. We got all the shooter rods, shaker motors. <gasps> The Elite Pinball IJ Deluxe Topper. I think people know that the new revealed topper for Elite Pinball is about to come out. So people are buying those up. I have three left, I believe. And then that's Wasn't it. that second place topper finisher at the Twitch? I think you did finish second to uh, to Halloween. Halloween. That was another one of those Rick and Morty one best topper thing. Like, come on. I love you, Halloween, but you don't have the best topper. Why didn't Stranger Things win that? Hmm. I don't know. That's why there are other award shows that do a more objective thing, but knowing the committee and lack of topper expertise they would have fucked that up too (laughs) sorry uh be on the lookout for elite pinball's next reveal of their deluxe topper it's a it's incredible it's incredible we'll help reveal that it's straight down the middle escalera turnaround time still three to four months as well as uh merch doesn't take that long if you guys want to buy a coveted pinball show t-shirt or my homie gomi or any other Hulk 2T2, maybe not. I don't know. Nordman? Oh, maybe not. I don't know. We'll figure it out. TP in last week, it was a hoot. 
The Pinball Tapes, new show. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, I've heard good feedback. It was a good show. I really liked what Zach uh, from Australia was bringing to this new concept. So go uh, listen to the off the record pilot of that episode and stay tuned. Maybe you'll hear more pinball tapes in the future. We also had uh, district 82 did a big tournament weekend here. Go check out the VOD of that. We love you over there, Tom and Fox cities and coming up in May on the 14th, 2022 battle in the bunker. There's two tournaments. They only last one day. Go check out battle in the bunker. It's not your bunker. Cause you did a barn instead battle in the bunker. Check out all the streams. You tune in today, and TPN's probably doing it, doing it right. Man, I got to give a lot of credit before we close down the show, Dennis, to the TPN streamers. I tuned in, was it two Wednesday? Wednesday or Thursday? And damned if TPN, the, the actual TPN dedicated channel, they had two streams. It was George's stream, and it was Joel's stream prior to. Damned if we didn't have 60 to 80 viewers the entirety of the whole night. From like mm. 6 wow, p.m. Really to 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. That was really impressive. Numbers continue to rise on TPN uh, promoted stuff. So TPN is growing really, really rapidly. And us people in charge of it are trying to keep up the best that we can. But we did announce two new leaders of TPN, didn't we? Uh, Yeah, at least internally we did. Yeah, internally the governance committee. I guess we can report it here. We can be transparent here. Joel Engelberth joined and Amanda Hamilton joined our committee for TPN decision-making and workload and stuff like that. So Yeah, they've been helping a lot behind the scenes already. Yeah, so, so we thought it was a good fit, it and they sense. were happy to do it. So welcome to the shit show. TPN this week, just just follow, like, subscribe, YouTube, Facebook, Twitches, all the all the TPN stuff, and you'll find some fun stuff. Shit, I think it's it, Dennis. Whew, I'm tired. Maybe another six weeks. Yeah, I figured after as long as this is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Lord, I'm already burnt out again. Fuck. For Dennis Creasel, I'm Zach Benny. And to all of those of you who have new inbox orders pending, with games coming in at a trickle, your order is not in a pickle. Just stay the course and don't be fickle. <laughs> That's so good. And always practice safe pinball and life in general by telling Tennessee, keep my wife out <laughs> your fucking gondola. <laughs> Lift or what? Yeah. <laughs> See you next week with the first time special guest. You're not going to want to miss that one. <laughs> Epilogue, My dogs are barking. That wasn't even wow, those dogs. Fuck. Who let them out? Woof. 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 My poor little girl dog, Millie. She has a cone. The cone of shame. Oh. The Carl D'Angelo cone of shame right now. She looks so depressed. I'm sure she is. It would be defeating. Yeah, she got a little aller. She's got allergies. Oh, why so that's why she needs a cone. Why can't dogs be normal and just have no health issues? Yeah, well, you know, if you like crossbreed them enough, you get like an abomination-looking <laughs> dog. But they're supposed <laughs> to be pretty hardy. Yeah, well, they always have bad hips and shit. There's ointments and shit, Ugh, antibiotics. God, stupid dogs. I can't help it sometimes. Mm. I was raised on cruelty. <laughs> Keep your free topper out of my fucking work. <laughs> that is good. <laughs>